Michael Tidwell and Michael B. Casey. Block time. It's Michael Tidwell and Michael B. Casey. And today we are joined with the legendary Paul Sports in person. He came down to Atlanta to hang out with us as the newest co-host of Block Time. Thanks for coming, Paul. Paul. Yes, thanks for having me on. It's really nice to be here uh, at 6 p.m. in the 88-degree weather, Fahrenheit. It's very nice. <laughs> it is a nice day here in Atlanta. I, I, I can't believe that the hostages released suspect dead after stand-up at Georgia Bank. That was actually pretty crazy, crazy. today. Yeah. <laughs> that, that actually happened in Cobb County. We had a bank robbery, and or yeah, some guy had a bomb threat, and yeah, they, they shot him dead. Yeah, I drove by on my way over here. Yeah, it really sucked Bank the traffic. Atlanta. Yeah, Wells Fargo. Yeah, so so you like the weather down here? You're getting used to the traffic. Yes. What what about sports, yeah. Paul? I like, I like it. Yeah, we see Atlanta sports. We see you brought a football today to the podcast. Uh, yes, I do. I just want to. Yeah. Uh, I got to throw around the old pigskin. Uh, I'm playing for the uh, the Ethereum um, elephants. <laughs> Or whatever. <laughs> and we're gonna so, play against the uh, we're gonna play against the Litecoin um, uh, reading lights. All right, <laughs> that should be a good game. The Litecoin reading lights. <laughs> I, I heard they beat the Toronto Car Talks. I I don't know. Oh my god, we we've lost. They beat the uh, no. They would have okay. beaten the uh, the I don't know the mic. Space cars or something. <laughs> Anyways, well, they do okay, yeah. This so you mentioned well, you, you, you know, said something about the playoffs that. now, so it's different. The show starting slow, Paul. Divisional, <laughs> a lot of lame <laughs> jokes. <laughs> okay, great. Uh, and now we're talking about Bitcoin. Well, for everyone in the audience who doesn't know this, I can like really basically not see or hear anything that there's those two so, are saying at all. Um, so I have I really so bad t- 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 upload. Has, like horrible upload. So, so we have really bad upload, but our download's fine. So we can hear everything yeah. Paul's saying. Paul can't hear or see us very well. So he has a handicap. Paul may he, ask he us one. to repeat ourselves. Okay. It's not because he's he- hearing impaired. It's no, because I have awful upload. Or he might just go for it. He's right. just going to go for it. All right. So block time. Block time has been in the news. We we finally got to the top of Reddit. We've been getting a lot of fan mail. I want to read this one yes. comment. This is probably one of the best crypto podcasts I've watched over the last few years. I really like how Chris and Mike B get into more technical details that you don't often see in other podcasts. Also like when Mike T, that's me, asks questions which not just confirm my understanding but also help New people in the crypto get up to speed and not uh, get lost in the conversation. The, cri- the chemistry between you guys is great. I think Block Time is an awesome name, by the way. That was all you. Yeah. It is going to be very well if it continues. Do more shows and get some guests and some real beer. So last time we had Michelob Ultra. Yeah, we, um, yeah. Today we have no beer. We didn't really prepare. Oh, but, uh, man. Liquor? Yeah, liquor, right? We'll but but anyways, so, so, so th- that's an example of a positive comment. Um, there was also episode eight. There was I, one positive comment. <laughs> there, there was at least one. There, it was it, this is hilarious. Uh, I was wearing an orange shirt during uh, episode eight, and every comment in the YouTube video is like, "Man, I really wish the guy in the orange shirt would just shut up." It, it was hilarious. <laughs> so, uh, 
So, anyways, we 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 got a little bit of mix, and um. So so what was what was the comment that you replied to in the tweet the other day? Hold on, what did the guy say? He said he said this, oh <laughs> oh yeah we had we had the a two stupidest people. No no no, heard. they said. Block time is like the worst podcast. It's so bad it hurts. It's so bad it hurts. Yeah. And then he retweeted and said, "We're famous." <laughs> retweeted and said, "We're famous." Yeah, that was funny. Um, and also, I would love for someone who hates the show to just come on and, and oh, yeah. trash talk. I, I I asked him, "Hey, be on our show. You know, have fun." And he said, "No." So uh, I I think if anyone's going to talk crap, at least come on and talk. You know, maybe you can change our minds. I mean, yeah, I'm not. Uh, no, say, I'm not say it to your face. Mind. <laughs> say it to your face, so don't say it at all, right? Yeah, you know. Well, I actually love That's a right. good argument. So, uh, funny, funny. Uh, Vake uh, said shots fired. That's how I was tagged in it. So uh, <laughs> that was funny. And uh, anyways, Vake, he's always trying to start. He's always trying to start stuff. You know? <laughs> so we we also had another comment of, let's see, Mike Mike B Casey got a comment about. He was making fun of hard forks, yet his software that he was saying he needed to upgrade uh, wasn't working for a multi-sig address, which is funny because it had nothing to do with upgrade. Uh, no, it was just I was user just error. being retarded. Yeah, it was just user <laughs> I was error. being so stupid. Um, so we do have a multi-sig now. It'll be in the description yeah. of the show. If you want to, for some reason, help Paul Sports, uh, you know, help him and his team, the Ethereum Elephants, get back on the field. Uh, you know, yes. our donation address is going straight to their team. We're trying to support them in their efforts against the, uh, especially against their rivals, the Litecoin, light reading lights. Right? Is that it? Would be like the Litecoin silvers? Sure. Can't. Oh, <laughs> silverbacks! Silverbacks! Silver Litecoin silverbacks! Silver, Litecoin so, silverbacks! The, silver, no, the silverfish! Silverfish! Silver oh, those are disgusting. Those okay. Ter- those terrifying. <laughs> Yeah, so, but that would be a terrifying. If you had to play against them as a team, that would be terrifying. Those if you things to, are awful. Not, yeah, based on performance know, not, on the field, like win. their market cap. If they were like human, if they were human size, <laughs> you would be just devoured. So is this- they can like eat anything. Apparently, they can eat like air. They can eat like everything. <laughs> they can eat. They always air. eat like carpet and. Wow. I don't know. Uh, but apparently they can survive for like years and years, like in your house. I mean, I, thankfully I don't have yeah, any my, around here. My but. grandma had like an infestation of those things. They're gross. <laughs> so, uh, so there we go. That's much better. That was the real name. I don't know why I said that first name. I just the forgot about silverfish. that. We definitely are the Ethereum elephants. That is real. The Ethereum elephants. Right. I like that one. Well, what's what's Bitcoin's <laughs> what's Bitcoin's mascot? Real quick. <laughs> Uh, honey badger. Oh the, honey the Bitcoin. The, the Bitcoin honey, honey badgers. badgers. The honey badgers. Yeah. Badgers. yeah. Look at all HBs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The honey badgers have been on That's a great. tear. They almost uh, lost the Ethereum elephants this season. It's It'll be true. interesting to see what happens yeah. going true. into the next season. Yeah. Um, it was close. It was a lot yeah. closer than a lot of people thought. Yeah. Yeah. But um, let's see. So there's a couple other pieces. We had a lot of comments from the dojo. Uh, some of them we can't. Um, answer because these are directed at Chris. So Luca had some questions for Chris. Sorry, we can't answer that. It was about uh, some kind of conspiracy with forks and blah, blah, blah. Sorry, man. Um, Yance was asking another question to Chris about uh, the bit proposals with Luke Dash Jr. Unfortunately, we cannot go over that. Chris is not here. And I guess we kind of know what the elephant in the room is. Chris isn't here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, he just so, uh, so so Paul, what is your impression of what happened with uh 
Chris? Like, as far as, like, what? why do you think he's not here? From, like, the whatever, like, 30 minutes of your show that I actually saw and from, like, what I looked at in the dojo when I was scrolling down, like, as fast as possible to just try and make all this text go away and pretend to be caught up on everything. That's not uh, the way I visit that he the said, dojo. <laughs> he was very said some neat things. And then he got a call from his whatever, and then he was all, you know, a sad frown face, and uh, now he's going to take a little break. That's the impression that I got. So, I don't know. Like, I'm I'm pretty careful about what I say in public, just in general. I can't even hear what he's saying, (laughs) just so you know, in the audience. (laughs) Well, yeah. Can you hear me at all? Do I need to turn my mic up, or is it? I, I heard you no, saying no, can't hear me at all. It's the no, it's oh, the band. It's, it's the, definitely the awful. Band. Just just talk. He'll 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 Tid, wing it. Michael Tidwell is just like one pixel right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's just people people tensions can get flamed, and if you know, it's it's one of those things. Uh, I I think everybody served better if if uh, I don't know if statements are kind of just couched a little bit. Uh, know? yeah. I almost feel like we need to start a, you know how there's like a free Ross campaign? Yeah. We need like a free Chris Cleeshel campaign or free no, 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 Cletus save, campaign. Save Chris. Like, save, uh, save, like Chris. save Ferris yeah. from like Ferris Bueller. Well, honestly, no, nah, he's, he's, he's actually doing important work. So like Tidwell and I don't really work daily in the space. Uh, and, and Chris does. So, you know, I mean, if this, this can't get in the way of his actual work doing, you know, development for Bitcoin. So, I mean. If it's if if there's any conflict, I mean, this is just a stupid little thing we do for fun. So right? block block time has a prepared um a prepared statement about this situation. Um, due to recent notoriety that uh, we have received, uh, mainly probably being on top of Reddit for like five hours or so. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. we won't be able to have. Chris on the podcast until further notice. Um, this was entirely Chris's fault for saying stupid things, and he is sorry. And um, he sincerely apologizes to anyone affected. And he broke the community promise. What was the community promise? What I can't even. What hear was it. the you community? What was the community you, promise? You, you, didn't even react, you don't even know about this. You don't even know about the joke. No. The community promise joke? No. Oh, are you talking about uh you're not allowed to sell your Pepe cash? Yes. Kind of uh, deal. He sold he, he sold, sold his the Pepe, Pepe cash, cash to remodel his uh garage this yeah. time. Oh. Uh, yeah. Chris I suppose that's a good metaphor. <laughs> he sold his Pepe Sold his Pepe cash. So yeah, effectively I so- can't even tell if they're like reacting to my jokes or all. <laughs> this is like I love it though. No, we're just doing. We're just do, we're just doing keep going blind. no matter what. No matter what I say, just just do it. All right. Well, for anyone who um, for anyone upset, you know, leave your comments, dislike our you know video. Let I, I let just, us let us know your dis. I just want to stop here for a second. Just say I'm really going to miss doing this with Chris because he added a whole lot to the show. I yeah, mean, he he is much more knowledgeable in so many areas than either of us. It was so. depressing to hear our intro with just Mike. Yeah, or you know me and yeah, you. The I mean show that, is that definitely was definitely not. You know, it's it's a loss for for the show. Oh, that was depressing. Yeah. Well, I mean, the we did replace Chris with 
with Paul, though. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, we have Paul Stortz here, so I that's mean, uh, uh, Paul, Paul did care about our podcast okay. enough to come down here tonight. So, uh, come all the way down. Anyways, how long are you gonna keep that? <laughs> well, I just have to remember to look to my left. You know, yes, no, I'm definitely here. Yeah. And, uh, yes, yes, thank, thank you very, thank you very much. Hey. Thank you very much. So, so let's continue with the hate well. mail. Oh, well, did you? What do we have? <laughs> well, I don't know. It, it was all the same. Most of the hate mail was directed towards me. Um, Nobody ever says anything about me. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm is like that, a non-issue. Do you think that's worth? Is it I, worth I to just know. like not even be worthy of the attention? And so, so, so everyone, just, so like, everyone, you know, disparaged. <laughs> I wonder if he's just talking because he can't hear me. He can't hear you at all. Okay. These, these, so, so, so everyone who leaves a negative... Usually I can hear when they complain about me not hearing them. I can't hear that part. <laughs> so every, everyone who this left a so negative uh, comment, I hearted. So now in, in uh, on YouTube, you can heart comments. It's not just likes and dislikes. If you're the owner of the video, you can actually heart comments. Oh, really? Yeah, so oh, right on here. YouTube. You, can make so, it the top com- you can make it the top comment. So this... These Making dudes like this, are, idiots. are idiots, heart. <laughs> um, explanation of ASIC boost is completely off base. This is the guy, uh, dead old Nix. Uh, and then we, we kind of debunked this. He was talking about co- uh, overt ASIC boost. We're talking right. about Right. Well, I mean, you right? know, I, I don't know if we got the explanation totally correct, but I mean, I think it was pretty much right for the covert well, ASIC boost. Uh, dead old Nix, if you're listening, um, interested to uh, hear more about you explain ASIC boost we're all ears um yeah we'll have him on the show yeah we'll talk uh, about it. let's see can the effing orange shirt guy just shut up and stop interrupting others effing annoying uh that was me turned in to watch totally comments wear an orange on jihan <laughs> and ASIC boost Guy in orange shirt tried to listen to other people once in a while and let them speak instead of uselessly shouting. I mean, I mean, I, I, I mean. So uh, uh, don't don't worry about it. We're fine. No, no. no I, I mean, those are all the negative comments. Um, I think there's probably a lot on. No, Reddit I'm sure stuff, we have so. a lot of hate. Yeah, there's there's like over <laughs> what like 300 comments or some crazy amount. I can't read so, all. So Paul, you've been doing a lot of different podcasts. You've been touring a lot. I've been, been co- I've been driving all around to visit in person, personally, all of the different podcasts. <laughs> he, he's he's making his tour in the them, southeast. Help them upgrade. Well, you're supposed to be here in Atlanta, aren't you? Software. Right? You work for Block, right? You're supposed to come. I do. Yes. <laughs> that, that was nice. I can't hear anything? Are, are um, you what? Answer, what version of? Is, uh, certainly, the answer is yes. Dude, did well. You got to do what? something about this. This is ridiculous. <laughs> what? What happened? He can't hear us at all. That's well, that's that's what he said he wanted. He clearly said, what I want. he said the he answer, wanted that. The answers are yes, no, yes, and never. <laughs> All right. Well, we and didn't ask the last three great. yet, so we'll just make Block those is very up. Very interesting. <laughs> Block, they very generously God, supported our, most of what I was our, saying before. So yeah. Um. So so how how has your activities changed at Block? Like, uh, what's going on? Are you working on anything differently, or is it still the same? Focus? Oh, well, right now I'm really focused on drive chain. Mm-hmm. And making sure that that um, goes forward because I really think it's really the best thing mm-hmm. around these days because lots of people are very angry. As I presented in Scaling Milan um, and as I wrote about earlier, it's like the real root cause of everyone's um, 
kind of anger is that we all have to agree on these consensus rules. Um, they, everyone has to agree down to the last byte, or none of this software really makes any sense. So the that's fine for what Satoshi's engineering goal, but in practice, what it means is that we have this situation where people can't just do what they do in like anything else, so like Linux or in in the real world. If you don't like something, you can just leave and start your own thing. That's why we have like thirty but different. But you can't really do that with Linux. this with Bitcoin. So like Linux, there's all these different distributions, you know, Ubuntu, whatever, anything you Red want. Red Exactly. There's tons and tons. Well, and tons they're and all cross compatible. Yeah. If you don't like it, you just. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Red Hats and Debian's are kind of Red Hat. Yeah. Those yeah. package managers. Are, but anyways, not to caveat too much. Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah. Stop interrupting, orange shirt. <laughs> hey, that's that you. you. That's you. That's you. <laughs> yeah, it's me now. The orange shirt. You're the orange shirt guy okay. now. That'll just be like a. Uh, that'll yeah. be like an inside block time <laughs> oh, joke. Oh yeah. You... Shut up, orange shirt guy. <laughs> Yeah, you could get orange shirt guy like on an orange shirt. That would be funny. <laughs> that's when we go. That's when we get like, really popular. Fix all this back, this stuff, so that it's it's like normal software. So it's like if you want to install Google Chrome, you can. And if you want to install Java, if you want to have JavaScript run in your Firefox, you can. You can just shut all this stuff off and turn it on whenever you want. And of course, it's not going to be quite like that, and it won't be like we won't quite reach that but we're, where we are right now is on a complete other extreme where no one can do anything unless it we all do it and that has given rise to like this weird situation we're in where there's kind of like a committee of kind of technocrats who try to decide what's best and they mostly do a really good job and they are very skilled but it's just people at some point there's you you get all the win-win stuff and all the low-hanging fruit and you improve so much that you reach eventually you just reach this frontier where there's a trade off and some people want to go left and some people want to go right and there is no more win win because you've used up all the win win so either you either you reach perfect nirvana and you have infinite win for everyone or you eventually just reach like you know in practice you reach some thing where you can't have two things at once but with drive chain and with side chains the idea is that people would just be able to just do whatever they want yeah. Can, if they so want to like, do like giant the blocks, if they want to do weird approach, it's cool. I, I and I think that's the root cause of everyone's you know miserableness, and I think it's really distracting for everyone, for developers, for business people, for investors. I just think it's like it's like the thing that is just ruining everyone's lives. And frankly, I'm a little amazed. I've been doing this for like a year and a half. I'm kind of a little bit amazed that more people don't just line up to kind of help move this. Drive chain project along as quickly as possible, but Luke certainly has been helping a lot, and he made that post, and then yep. Famous Sticky did on our Bitcoin. Was, so that yeah, was, that was mean, very nice. He almost it almost really seemed like uh, he made it appear that Drive Chains is like the shiny knight on the hill that's going to be a really good solution to save the day, and everyone gets what they want is the way he described yeah. it. So I was um, so happy it, to see him give a shout out to Drive Chain. Really, really good to have a nice solution that everybody's happy with. Could you so, imagine? So let me. Hey, well, uh, see, my thing is that right now there's a huge fight, and you get what, like two megabytes, you know, best case. It's kind of like, or they go right to this Bitcoin Unlimited, like, kind of, you know. Yeah, it's it's very, very. This, like, weird you know, new thing. One that, extreme like, or the other. Broken a few times. Yeah. Um, it's like, instead of just doing all this fighting for just, for just like what? Like two megabytes? Like, it's, for the two megabyte hard fork, it just seems. Foolish. This thing, you can just go right. You can go to whatever you like. But I have 
I have different mailing list posts where I have like what it what a really really big block thing kind of could look like or but if you want to just add like you can just add like five in a row or add just one that has no block size at all and just kind of see what happens. So, we can all just sit back well, and watch. And uh, let me ask a question. Has anyone – this kind of goes back to the friendly fork stuff. Has anyone actually just taken the UTXO set and pretty much just made their own version? Like you're saying, like with these Linuxes, are they – are people – have? has oh. anyone ever done that first off? And if they have – People do, but it's different with money. Well, the Clams is an example. Yeah. So they took um, the existing UTXO that, set? It was. They took like the existing everything, and they just said at this block it will just. If you had Bitcoin in an address, so does that mean that yeah. we might have clams? Yeah, we. I. I do. I don't you know do. about yeah, you. Yeah, if you bought them before, you had to buy them before. I think the first having, right? So that. Would so have been, 2013. Can, can you still claim old clams? Like, do they? You can. Can you still claim them now? Can you still have them. Yeah, you can it's still clam like them. Yeah. You can still clam or they may have programmed. If I, you know, they might have been. I don't actually know. They might have done something sneaky where it's like if these don't move for like three years, then they just uh, explode. Or I don't see any reason but why they would even do that. I, mean, I don't think so. It doesn't matter. Right? I'm pretty sure you just have them. So yeah, it's been done and it's interesting. It just it doesn't really work with money. The network effects of money are just very strong. If you had euros, and you were, if we were walking around Atlanta like we will walk around Atlanta together because that's where we all are. If we walked around Atlanta with like euros, we wouldn't be able to like spend that. It'd be as if they were just completely worthless. Like so, it's, it's kind of an amazing feature of money that with cash, you can get basically anything you want. But if it's the wrong kind of cash, you, you can't get it. It's it might as well just, you know, throw it in the trash or something. You can't get anything. So, so with, let me ask you about. If we had about... yen or something. But if we brought dollars to Japan, we would, they would be useless there. So let me ask you about drive chains in general. Like, um, so so it, on the main chain, uh, is yes, is it advantageous for the main chain to have any certain attributes, or does it matter? You know what I mean. So okay, so yeah, drive chain is very asymmetric. So it does matter which one is the side chain, which one is the main chain. Originally, there was all this kind of theory about should they be just egalitarian, just side by side, and then. Whether or not you go in one direction or the other, kind of it doesn't matter. Um, but drive chain is not like that. Drive chain is very much there's like a hierarchy or something, and and you have the root chain, which is the main chain, Bitcoin Core, and then from there you have side chains, and then you can have side chains of those side chains, and it kind of moves in like a a, a structure, like a family tree or something. And so it is better for the main chain to be because. The side chains can do different things. So you want the main chain to be the least experimental, and you want the main chain to have the, the smallest kind of total externality cost of just like all this downloading and verifying all the, the blocks and things. So it would be better to have the main chain have the small block size and have the side chain have the big block size for both of those reasons. But there are other things as well, like the side chain has a different kind of security model sort of, so it's a little detailed. But basically the side chains can kind of discard old history because the main chain is doing their accounting for them. It knows how many coins have sent to the side chain. It knows how many have come back. So there's no inflation. There's no possibility of inflation on the Hey, so Paul. They can prune the, the hey, Paul I was talking about drive chains the other day and uh, it's true that every Bitcoin block that's found the miner can also write the side chain blocks, right? Isn't that true? Uh, that's a merge mining thing, yes. So That's a but it's on every single Bitcoin block that's found. You can, you can simply write an extra. You can write the side, 
sidechain or drive chain blocks for free. Correct. So you can and that's find why. Other, okay. Yes, you can, you can find just other side speed, chain right? blocks yeah. for free, and in any really any kind of an unlimited number of them. Basically. Okay. Okay. Not, not, not literally, of course, because it's a finite universe. But well, I'm glad I'm no glad you broke that down. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so you can just because there's a problem with because the, the side chains can't get their own coins, so they and they can't have their the subsidy. You know what I mean? The, the fifty bitcoins, the twenty five, the twelve point five. Uh, they can't have their own subsidy coins, so the side chain has to uh, survive on fees alone. But the fees might drop to like a very low amount or zero or something, especially at first, and then it's unclear where you would get any hash rate. At all, so you have to. So it's better to just throw all it in with the the regular Bitcoin miners and just take a hundred percent of Bitcoin's hash rate and just say this is like a plug-in, sort of more like a plug-in for Bitcoin than it is really its own thing. Paul, I've been hearing about drive chains now for what? I mean, we had you on this podcast a, a while back, and I've heard about it like yeah. I feel like years from now or years years ago. But uh, <laughs> what's coming? I've also felt like I've heard that proof of stake for Ethereum. You know that's been coming for years too, and that's never that still hasn't it's really just taken launching this year, right? Well, I mean, it's been launching this year for yeah. the last like ten years. Yeah, well, well, you know, what I mean, <laughs> yes. same thing with drive chains. It's been launching. Drive chains has been launching for the last. So our drive chains vaporware, Paul. Which no, no. I, well, no. I was going to ask Paul. <laughs> no, so. Well, I was going to ask Paul. What's coming first? Ethereum oh, proof of stake or drive chains oh, on uh, for Bitcoin? It is a good one. That's a good question. I think I'm, you know, I'm going to go with DriveChain because uh, DriveChain actually has, I mean, I, I only published the spec in November 2015, or I can't even remember. I get to the year school up, 2015. And then in 2016, I did a lot of like the peer review and um, sort of worked on the, like the skeleton of like the architecture. And then recently we kind of finished it up in the, second half of 2016 and then there was more peer review i presented in milan the end of 2016 that was october scaling three and then uh at in january there were people formalized their remaining complaints and i had this new thing which was blind merge mining and we've been working on that and that's basically been finished so but that blind merge mining was like its own project so that is kind of the point of the delay drive chain was really finished like in january and we had in January, I was at um, Construct uh, in San Francisco, and I had we had like a little video of the coins going back and forth. So we had like little screenshots, we had like a little video. So we made the progress has been made from DriveChain going from nothing at all to like uh, an actual thing that's finished in basically twelve months, and then adding a new part that's basically finished now. And that's really different from proof of stake, I think, which is just was started in 2010 and then everyone dismissed it. And now um, they're still yeah. trying to fight that fight. And I just had a blog post today where I was responding to Vitalik, who replied to me. I had a big blog post that was sort of famous about nothing is cheaper than proof of work, uh, in which I argued that proof of stake was totally pointless because it didn't accomplish its main objective of like being more efficient. And then apparently I just discovered like yesterday that Vitalika replied to it in an FAQ somewhere. And so I replied to the reply uh, and I just kind of, this post today is just that you can find on my blog, truthcoin.info if you care. Give us a skinny. 
me with Vitalik's FAQ and just kind of going line by line. And it's still, Proof of Stake is still pointless, is the title of the blog post. <laughs> it, is, it is a completely pointless exercise. It's just, Proof of Stake is very complicated and it exists, you know, to kind of funnel money to these researchers, I think. That's just so, the so, so short of it. Uh, real quick, Paul, funny enough, uh, I actually listened to a little bit of the interview that we did with you. And you were saying that, uh, you know, every three months or six months or something, someone says that they figured out proof of stake and they haven't done it yet. Yeah. And that was how long ago was our podcast? Like six months ago? Like, I don't know. It's been a while. And uh, I don't know. It's 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 interesting to because you also said in that uh, interview that proof of stake was coming out that month that we interviewed you. That was that's what you were told. Oh, is it, that's what they said. Oh, yeah. wow, that's no, funny. that's what yeah, that's I what you believe, said. They I, said, I yeah. Well, what's funny yeah. is, is yeah, proof of stake does sense, exist yeah. like everywhere, but it's like there's no no it doesn't it hasn't scaled in anything of value yet. There is like nothing. So there's, I, there's you know you know who I told that to crap pos. Coins, you know who I told that to ties in, and he said, "What about next coin and pure coin?" They're they're nothing. No, no, I'm just saying that's that's what that's. Nextcoin and Purecoin, I mean, they're, they're not blue chip Paul, coins. Do you, do you know about Nextcoin and Purecoin? Do you have any thoughts on those? Yeah, I'm just curious. No, I remember that. That's a long yeah, time ago. I remember, I remember that uh, Nextcoin <laughs> yeah. had to be like, had to go closed source because they, which is just like purely admitting defeat, like instantaneous. Yeah. <laughs> they were just like, we have some secret thing that will prevent stake grinding. I mean, in NXT, it's, it's a design that just, someone had this in there. I think it was a Bitcoin to, talk.org post they said oh nxt it's a design that justifies a 100 percent pre-mine <laughs> and that was just the entire review you know and it was just like yeah that that's it you know that is <laughs> that's the only relevant issue i mean these things are someone who's clever enough to find bitcoin this early still very early um uh, you know these these projects are not um i don't know what they are but they're not like you know they're not like serious like groundbreaking stuff this is just like people tweak a couple things ethereum's kind of the exception because they wanted to go out of their way to make it like as convoluted and kind of imperceptible as possible so that would be very intimidating to all the researchers and things but uh, i've seen other models that are kind of cool i mean i was looking into divinity and the way that it works is very interesting you know i don't i don't know i'm not 100 percent sold on it but it's it's much more interesting because i have like serious questions about casper I really don't know what they're planning on doing 100%. It's and and, and the more I read about it, the more confused I am. So <laughs> I don't know. Well, see, that's the real problem is that we've had proof of work for like whatever like whatever this is, 8 years. And we kind of even in practice we've noticed all these weird little quirks that it has about like block withholding, um selfish mining, whatever. We have these weird little quirks that we've noticed about kind of how the Blocks relay with each other, ASIC boost, etc. So we have these funny little things that we've learned. Proof of stake, like we don't really know. As you say, it hasn't really been tried at like a big scale ever, and so we don't know like what the actual um, weakest, you know, what the Achilles heel is that people will actually aim for. Uh, we kind of know in theory it has all these weird issues about you have to check lots of signatures and this long range stuff. And uh, you know, stake grinding at at whatever range the the grinding's possible. Um, and so, like, we have these weird issues with proof of stake. But I see that's the point is that I had this 
this blog, which I thought was the ultimate knockdown argument, which said that it's not it you won't save any of society's resources. So this is totally pointless uh, exercise because you're just going to achieve exactly what you, we already have with proof of work in every single sense. And after I made that post, Jay Kwan and I think a few other people, some people had to like give up immediately, but Jay Kwan in particular retreat, retreated to this argument that he was going to say that, that the security, you know, properties were better and that it had more security um, under a proof of stake. And so this is something that people have tried to say that like now that there's, they kind of move the goalposts from, Oh, we won't have to waste all this electricity. We won't have to, they moved all the way from all that to just say more or less that it's, it's more difficult to 51% attack proof of stake. But I think none of the people, none of the consumers or like the investors or like the audience I think none of them know that that's the actual argument that is being made now, that everyone has retreated from saying that it would be this wonderful thing that had infinite scalability and infinite. And now it's just like a better, more resistant to 51% attack, maybe. But I, you know, I mean, it also may have these different I, th- I, think, I think it's very obvious if, if you have people who are true hodlers and they're benevolent, then it is a better 51% attack prevention method. I mean, what, what would you say? You can't rely on no. I'm I'm, I'm I mean, just saying it, no, but that's what it it would rely on. It would rely on benevolent whales, right? I mean, I mean. Well, I my, my my whole problem with proof of stake systems is that they're inherently centralizing. Because uh, if if you can gain a direct advantage, at least with mining, there are external factors that can control whether you make more or less money. But in proof of stake, you're literally the more you have, the more you can make in a direct corridor of fashion. Sounds like Dash. So, well, yeah, I mean, well, it, de- <laughs> you know, it depends because like half the reward subsidy does go to. But yeah, that's a very good point. That's a point of all proof of stake is it, it's it's a direct uh, correlation to the how much you can stake to the more you earn, which, you know, the, the rich literally get richer, which is a centralizing force, which is, you know, eventually death for proof of stake, because eventually, all, you know, the majority ends up in the hands of the few. And if they could, well, I mean, here's the thing. They'll be like the Rothschilds. You won't yeah. know they're in control, but they'll hold like ninety nine percent of the wealth. Right. <laughs> I don't I'm, yeah, I, don't, I don't know much about well, those I mean, conspiracy theories. People really need to ask themselves, like what they're trying to accomplish. Because with proof of work, it was clear, like leaderless, you know, election or something. It was like, you know, like who, it was like, how do we pick which chain is the real one? The one that has basically the hash that is lower or, you know, speaking loosely, the one that has more work, but in practice, one that has, you know, like one that has more zeros or is a lower number. (laughs) The lower number. I I was wondering where you're going with that. Um, Uh, But the point is that... When proof of stake was invented, they were like, okay, we can have even more security because we're going to just have the, instead of being at whatever it costs to rewrite the chain, you're going to have to buy up more than half of all the money. And then, so the security will be better and we won't even need to waste any of this, you know, we won't need to like buy all these chips and pump all this electricity through them. But what I try to describe is that you will always have the waste. That will be the waste is the same under proof of stake or proof of work, and just like it would be the same under proof of space or proof of anything else, because the waste is equal to whatever the value of the block is. The block is has some value. Maybe it's worth a hundred dollars. This is exactly the same as if someone goes up and auctions off 
$100. And they say, you know, I've got $100 worth of gold here. And then let's bid on it. Of course, the price will eventually be $100. Like, you know, there will be, or it'll be 99 nine cents or something. And so there is no, like, kind of escaping this, uh, this, this need so to fight over. You're saying the resource the is, is, is effectively block size, right? You know, it's, it's filling it up with spam for value or whatever. No, that's, that's different. Um, this is just whatever, whether it's transaction fees or the block subsidy itself, the block is going to have a certain value. It's worth right now. It's worth like whatever, like 13.5 bitcoins to the miners. Cause we have like 12.5 and like kind of like total transaction fees are kind of like one or two or yeah. so Bitcoin per block for 10 minutes. And so the block is worth 13.5 and then you take 13.5 and you multiply it by 2,500 or whatever it is. And that's the value of the block. And of course, it's not immediate, but over time, basically, you'll tend to be, if you've got a 10% chance of winning the block, that should be worth one-tenth of whatever that value was. So it should be one-tenth of 2,500 times 13.5. So eventually, people will be just fighting over those blocks in that way. And But my point is, it doesn't change. If you, if you change the mechanism that maps human effort into finding the block, if you change it from hashes to something else, it doesn't matter. You, the incentive to fight over the block is still there. And with proof of stake, the the lost money is the foregone investment. So what will happen with proof of stake, it's very convenient. It's very easy to stake. And uh, as a result, lots and lots of people will do it because they'll be trying to get basically their share of the 13.5 Bitcoins. You know, it will be distributed to all the stakers instead mm-hmm. of the miners. So everyone will stake so there will be staking of like you know hundreds of millions if not billions of dollars if bitcoin were proof of stake there would be everyone would everyone who's not using their bitcoin since they're just holding it as an investment everyone would stake so since everyone would do it there would be just this huge huge amounts of money to be locked up for for a year that would not be able to be deployed uh somewhere else and while that's kind of fine now uh, that no one cares what happens with their Bitcoin. It doesn't actually make any sense. In equilibrium, it is tremendously wa- wasteful because what you could do instead is you could buy it. You could at today's price, you could lock in a forward contract to rebuy your Bitcoin, and you could sell it all today. This is assuming that there's no taxes or any like kind of complicated things like that. But you could basically invest this money with the treasury, and you could get like one and a half percent with it or something. And then when once you were done, you'd get your money back, and then you'd use the forward contract to buy the Bitcoin back at today's prices. So you'd lock in the prices today, next year. It's a basic principle of finance that you should be able to uh, do that more or less. I mean, it's not just time value of money considerations and other things, but you can't – these um, having all this money locked up will crowd out legitimate like economic investment and growth when – Bitcoin is or ether, ether or whatever is used as actual money, so it's kind of a little, it's just a little bit more hard, to, difficult to understand. But there's still this waste that's being produced by the uh, inability to um, this, this this effort spent chasing the the rewards that's, of the block. That's a new concept for me, Paul. Honestly, I don't know. It's just it's hard for me to wrap my head around. Uh-huh. Um, and, and and I don't know. Just 
does does foregone gain does it equate to you know the same thing as burning of fossil fuels to you know create energy to run a miner or, or investing in uh you know what amounts to space heaters after after they run the course of their use i mean I, you know and i don't know I, I i can't really answer that question but it's it's definitely food for thought uh because i haven't i haven't really considered that before so very interesting i'll have to read your blog post yeah, it's, uh, it is interesting. Uh, the thing is that there is no um, right now. It's it's a little it's harder to understand because there no one really buy the coins themselves are an investment. So but in buying them as an investment and then staking them, kind of is just like double investing them. Um, but yeah. in the real world, you would you there we we're in like kind of a weird place right now where all the the cryptocurrency market is like kind of uh, explicitly undervalued, which is like a weird thing to say if you believe in the Fisher Markets hypothesis. <laughs> That's an oxymoron, explicitly undervalued. <laughs> but it's like there's no way to actually – the value proposition of Bitcoin is so bizarre that it exists in this weird state of just being – It's like a quantum superposition, right? <laughs> So it doesn't really make sense. It's actually the weird. The funny thing is, uh, um, yeah. But, but the not. point is, if any of these things actually became money, then the costs would kind of come rolling back in. But there is a, actually a difference. Um, uh, there is actually no difference between the foregone gain and the. I mean, these are both just these are just projects that produce the coin. So you just buy this. You do this weird ceremony to make Bitcoin using miners. You do this weird ceremony to make. Um, ether, uh, they are actually the same. So I, 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 I get you. And from a pure macroeconomic standpoint, I, I think you're correct. Uh, but I mean, it's it just doesn't seem like real as in is in the physical world. It seems more academic than than tangible. If if you know, I don't know. It's it's an interesting thought though. You know, it's taking me back to the econ days, <laughs> college. Hey, let me ask you. Let me ask you all a question: Is nice. the main argument for proof of stake being more secure than proof of work for the fifty-one percent attack? Essentially, being it would cost more money to buy up fifty-one percent of the tokens versus to buy fifty-one percent of the hash rate. Is that the argument? How much of that did you hear, Paul? What are you asking me? Yeah, uh, yeah. Any, anybody. Oh. I'm asking you and Mike. Uh, I want both y'all to. Answer. Oh, I mean, I, I, it, I unless, unless y'all don't, don't know. know. I honestly yeah. don't know. I, so I don't know. That's why. Why? I'm asking. Why? Why are they saying that proof of stake is more 51 percent resistant? Is the question. Okay. So, well, part of it is that they can pinpoint anyone who missed B, or they think they can. Again, like in theory, they can. I don't know if they actually can, but they they think they can pinpoint exactly who misbehaves and just uniquely uh, destroy their money. So with well, we have these ASICs arbitrary. now. So if someone that's, that's literally what Vitalik said, though. Yeah, yeah. that's literally uh, sorry, what Vitalik said in a tweet. No, I was telling him. Yeah. So yeah. So basically, if you fifty-one percent attack with proof of work, um, it may lower the value of all the ASIC equipment because it might say, okay, Bitcoin is kind of a, it's not as stable of an experiment as we thought. But just the good miners as well as the bad miners take a hit on the ASIC equipment. But in the case of the um, in the case of proof of stake, they know which miner, so to speak, 
made the error, and then they can just delete that miner. You know, so not not literally a miner, but they. So that's one way. In that, so the argument is that they, they can hit the entire cost of all the stake. So it it would be analogous to if you could deny miners not only. Um, if you could, like, it's kind of, it's and the analogy would be something like you could destroy the ASICs only of the miners that um, misbehaved. But I mean, and everyone else stays. I mean, it's pretty much they'll just make Ethereum 3.0 with 51% less coins on the network. Yeah, but I mean, that's, that is a value proposition. That's scary because who arbitrarily says, oh, yeah, he's cheating the system? I mean, I, I yeah, I really don't like that. Oh, it's a weird thing. Every but time there's a hacker, very circular. every time there's a hacker circular. for Ethereum, there's going to be just another Ethereum, like but, someone who does a major exploit. So, so here's here's what I never got about the whole because you know, oh yeah, maybe in that case it's it's more resistant to a fifty one percent attack. But the problem that I've always come back to is is there's so much more one could do if they were able to successfully execute a fifty one percent attack on Ethereum. Um, they they would be able to just you know because there's nothing there's no friction provided by proof of proof of work, um, and unless you rely on checkpointing, which is very very centralized, because well, who creates the checkpoints and who trusts which checkpoints? Because you could create false checkpoints too, and then point your nodes if you have you know a, a, a majority of nodes that you spawn up. That's kind of scary. Which one is as the real as... Ethereum network as far as any user's concerned? Yeah, there's no work know. to go off of. So the, you're trusting... I mean, you'd essentially be trusting the Ethereum Alliance to keep track of all that stuff and you'd exactly. subscribe to their... Uh, yeah. you, you, it would almost be like an Oracle service on top but, of Ethereum. But to me, that kind of destroys the concept of decentralization because if you have a centralized governing body that's telling you what's what, then it's no longer a decentralized... Yeah, it's kind of what we do with... Uh, with uh, Bitcoin core development because there's certain things in there that we have to trust too. Well, yeah, but I mean, they, right. there could be an alternate client that runs. I mean, there always could be. It's not like you have to like like, like like uh, what was it? Uh, parity or parity or no? It was like well, lib 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 Bitcoin. Lib Bitcoin. Okay. Well, there's there's a bunch of yeah. different implementations. Um, you know, they they all coalesce around general consensus rules. But like, take BTC one and what they're doing. It's it's you know. It, you can run whatever software you like, so you don't have to be dependent upon a centralized organization to vouch for the software because you have other options. But I guess with Ethereum, that's not the case. You have to trust the Ethereum Foundation explicitly, right? Uh, you know, the argument is that it won't really be that bad because it will. It at most you'll you only get you'll be in sync, but maybe not for like the last twelve months or six months or something. So you just need them to tell you which where to start um, six months ago, mm -hmm. and but yeah, I agree that it's not. I don't like it. I think it's bad as well because there will be people. It'll be costless to simulate the fake histories, and people can like buy up old keys on the black market, mm -hmm. and they will then. Um, they will then be able to like simulate old histories as if they owned huge amounts of. There's they won't no, even have to buy. I mean, you could buy a ton of ether and then you could sell it. Oh and my then you could god! Just make all there's there's there. going to be like. Instead, people <laughs> buy 
buy all these keys, these old keys. Oh my god, them. that's awful. There's going to be a movie where a like where like market. a con artist. There's going to be like a movie where a con artist like goes into like a, a retail store and they switch the Ethereum you know node that they're using, and he goes yes. in and buys everything. <laughs> Or something crazy. Well, I mean, so, yeah. Like, if you if you can you find the key, discarded right? free, keys. you don't care. <laughs> a, a key that an account that you used to own, you're not using it anymore. Yeah. So of course you would get paid. Like you'd get paid like in Bitcoin or something, right? Something else. Oh, you'd say like, that's okay, yeah, sure. Attack. I'll give you the private key for this address. So they have all that stuff basically for it's free. It's like buying stolen credit cards, kind of. Yeah. Or time. not really, but kind of. And then there'll be this software that automatically makes like a million histories that are very very similar to each other they look almost exactly the oh same my but God. they pay the attacker a million dollars and there'll be like billions of those histories and so yeah we'll eventually rely See, on if there's no friction uh, if it's proof of stake and there's like literally no friction then you could create infinite versions of the truth you're you're leaving you're <laughs> leaving yourself uh vulnerable to all kinds of wow. weird attacks that uh i didn't even think of yeah that's 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 there's, an interesting vector wow so yeah so you will need the signal to come from the ethereum foundation or whatever and at that point since everything else was free and it's worth like a million dollars to you to attack or with 10 million now it's time for you to like you know call up your mafia associates or whatever and just like storm the building or do some other crazy thing you know and like you know like whatever it is or or serve them with an arrest warrant or whatever you know whatever your style of violence well, yeah a is. nation state actor could very easily invade like the ethereum foundation and coerce it wait right? wait, wait wait what do you mean spend like 10 million dollars and do what i didn't catch that the attack so far is like basically free. I mean, it's not literally free, but eventually, if in a world with proof of stake, where like in equilibrium, the thing that everyone uses, you'd be able to buy up all these old keys, and you'd be able to like simulate all. We'd have software that automatically simulated these old histories that were valid, but for the fact that they pay you, they reverse a double, they reverse a spend that goes back to you or something. So the the attack has kind of cost nothing up until this point, but the attack is earning you. You know, some serious ETH, uh, some ether. So the attack is worth something to you, and maybe you just want to destroy the network, right? You could just be a a malicious agent. So whatever it is, this this payoff to you is like you know, ten million. You you'd be happy to blow up all this money, um, you blow up the network, and so far it's been free. So now all you have to do is disable this one last thing, which is the weak subjectivity claim. That is coming from the ETH Foundation or coming from Vitalik or coming from whatever. And that's where you put all of your efforts on, on flipping so that. The other the other problem uh, there, signal. too, is, you know, there is a unified ETH Foundation. What if they come into similar governance rules as you see Bitcoin right now and they start fracturing and splitting into different ones that say, well, this is the version of the truth. And another, another camp says this is the version of the truth. I mean, go down the rabbit hole with that and, you know. That's going to be frustrating to regulate. All this is going to be frustrating to. Well, I mean, this this whole thing is frustrating to regulators. You can't do anything with it. But <laughs> that's very interesting, Paul. Hey, I, Paul, I love your take on Paul, stuff. Paul, I want to ask you before we get too far away from drive chains. I want to ask you, as far as timelines go, with uh, what do you think is going to happen with Segwit? Is it you know? I know you said it's not necessarily needed for drive chains, but it's a good. Uh, added bonus uh, script version what uh 
Right. What are you? It's not needed at all. What 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 is your game plan as far as timeline? You said you do believe drive chains will be out before proof of stake Ethereum, which means <laughs> that it's going to be done in the next ten years. <laughs> uh, <laughs> which doesn't it doesn't really mean anything because yeah. pr- proof of stake Ethereum probably won't be ready for another ten years. So, w- what is your yeah. um? What's going to happen with Segway? Is this going to factor into anything as, as far as your releases? Are you going to make sure you, you wait for this kind of stuff to settle down, like maybe in mid-August, well, late August, and yeah. then come out with something? Or what, what are you doing? It's a little distracting because Segway has on everyone's mind, which is uh, fine, of course, um, and which is great because it was finished first. But it's, yeah, well, in one way, in, some, in a lot of ways, it's a little depressing that Segway, we're still on Segway. And now I'm moving, trying to move us on to the next thing, and we're still one thing behind. But say, I think, um, you know, the um, the, pro- the progress that's been made is really good. The the peer review is really good. People noticed weird stuff that we wouldn't have noticed, uh, which is great because Bitcoin's very complicated and just things about the right way to organize something or whatever. Um, the uh, so the the progress has been good. I'm really optimistic that I mean I I it's very difficult for me to imagine that we still wouldn't be finished at like the end of this year, and because we're kind of finished now, sort of. But you know, there's lots of testing, and there's lots of how to write up the BIP and see. You know, it's just basically lots of testing. You know, so test so everything I, and what like is the first drive chain going data. to be? Like, like if if you're gonna deploy a drive chain, what's the first one going to be? The first actual? Live? Oh, the first one. Yeah, the first one will definitely just be a larger a, a version of Bitcoin that just has larger block size because it's so easy to do that because it's such a modular, it's very simple change, and and there's actual demand for that. I so, would not want it to be like a weird nimble wimble thing or like a weird like other thing. So, so what's clearly, that's really interesting for the current like politics going on right now because you you talk about Segwit two X and then they they have the Segwit and then it activates a hard fork three months later. Do you think you can conceivably could have drive chain version online that has extra block space before Segwit two X? Yeah, I, I do. Okay, <laughs> so that I that'll do, be yeah. very interesting. I, well, will that will that completely kill Segwit two X? No, I doubt it, but it'll cause like, like, a lot like, more uh, fights. <laughs> I mean, it, well, it's I mean, annoying because. People, right, because people agreed. So the annoying thing is that people agreed <laughs> yeah. to something. And when you agree to something, you kind of have to do it. Yeah. And so they agreed to this thing. Um, Are you talking about the New York Agreement? Invited. Yeah, the New York Agreement, right. And uh, so, I don't know, they agreed to this thing. I mean, I just don't think for two megabytes, I mean, the, you you could, with the, the drive chain uh, that has a larger block size, in theory, you could have as large a block size as you want, but... In practice, what I would be aiming for is something that's like, um, you know, a twenty-something megabyte block limit that has a soft limit of like eight. Yeah. And I would just be saying I have math on that that I published to Bitcoin Discuss mailing list if anyone wants to look it up. Um, and that would both of those would be growing. The rates would be growing at twenty percent a year. So that would be like this is basically your permanent solution, and this is what you've got, and it grows at twenty percent per year. And you've got you move right up to eight, and if the miners want to move it down from eight or up to like something else, ten, twenty, they can. And so that's so I don't even know like why what anyone you would. It's, but you know, a lot it, of the issues are also like wallet support. Like who you got to have mobile wallet support. You got to have like industry support. Right. 
because like people are going to buy these things and they they have to know what network they're on. It's very easy to move from one from one network to the other in the protocol. But if they, you're using an iPhone app that doesn't have any buttons that do that, then it's uh, useless. So right. that would be its own thing. Well, versus like a two megabyte block size increase, that's like native for wallets. You know, most of them don't give a shit. Yeah. Uh, so um, yeah, so it would be simple. You would just open your iPhone or your Android phone or whatever, and it would be like updating the app, and that would switch you over to the two megabyte yeah. version very easily. But with this, you'd need like this whole interface yeah. about okay, now there's two you networks. Have a new branch you want to be of the wallet, that, or the small network. Yeah. Um, so so, but it's it's interesting because when you bring up the concept of drive chains, because you're talking about a limited block size on a single drive chain, but I mean, in theory, you could have, you know, an infinite number of drive chains, right? Uh, so <laughs> you could have a, 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 well, hold megabyte, on within reason, and another eight meg. Well, yeah. <laughs> within reason, not infinite. Well, yeah, yeah. no, no, talking to Paul Schwartz here. <laughs> but you could have a drive chain of a drive chain or something like that. Oh my God. Yeah. Drive chain of a drive <laughs> chain. <laughs> you can have, you can really have as many as you want. How, how uh, I'm, uh, you, you did in say this is, these are soft forks. These are every single drive chain on top of the main chain is a soft fork. But what about a drive chain on a drive chain? Is that a soft fork? It is a soft fork of the drive chain. Yes. Okay. And it's so tortoises all the way down. So it's, it's lots of soft forking. Yes. <laughs> Okay. So wait, but um, so so from an economic standpoint, uh, so so the reason you said that you know you you've you've written about those you know uh, twenty twenty megabyte hard cap and then like an eight eight megabyte you know soft cap, so uh, it, but basically if I mean if this is truly permissionless, anybody could start their own drive chain and you know you can peg coins back and forth to it. So in effect, you know, once these things come around, you know block size would in effect be unlimited, right? Or is there anything that would restrict it? Uh, yeah. Well, um, it would no longer be restricted. Users would face an, basically an unlimited block size, but miners can change. They can remove, they could just shut certain side chains off or they can refuse to add them. Mm. So so without the merge if, mining, you can't. Yeah. So that's that's what keeps that in check. If if the miners feel like they're leaving too much on the table, they could kill off a side chain. Uh, yeah. So there's um, an old debate over. You can either have so the the total miner revenue is the average fee times the total the fee for transaction times the total number of transactions. It's very simple. Mm -hmm. So if there's one megabyte of block space and then the average transaction fee is whatever seven you know whatever it is millibitcoins per whatever whatever it is it doesn't matter the point is you know you have like a price per unit of block space you know price per byte that's like i think it's actually measured in satoshis per kilobyte i think yeah it's it's, it's between 200 and 400 and, these days yeah and so you have this price, and then you have – so that's great. So that's the price you get, but you only get that on every byte that you sell, so to speak. So you have a very simple kind of multiplication here. You get this square, and you don't want it to be too much like a rectangle in either direction because if it's too – if it's like a really tall rectangle that's very thin, you have a very high price, but you're selling very few bytes. So you're raking it in. Maybe you get like one Bitcoin per – you know, byte or something. So you get a thousand bitcoins total transaction fees. 
huge, huge number, just hypothetically. This what this implies is that if you could just sell a couple more bytes, you would get you would continue to get one Bitcoin per byte. And so you want to sell like yeah, you want you definitely want to go from one megabyte to two megabytes in that case because you're just basically doubling your revenue. Mm-hmm. But you also don't want to go you want to, you don't want, you want to avoid the opposite extreme where you have this unlimited block space and you're selling all this block space. You sell sell so much that the the price falls precipitously and you have a very very fat but a very short rectangle. Right. And then you have a, a situation where the area is very low. So the area is low if it's a you know a straight line has an area of zero and a square has a very healthy area, but you want to avoid stretching this thing out because you 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 have all these big big huge number of transactions, but a tiny 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 fee. You know, so in that case, the miners want to kind of choke up the limit and force it. Right, but it's it's all an equilibrium of market forces based on the miner. But I mean, that all happens, you know, in an unlimited vacuum. You know, if it is if it is truly unlimited, you know, what what you're saying still applies because they're not, you know, they're it's not in their own best interest to let it run totally rampant. Exactly. Um, From my point of view, there will be a new. We will write software, and I might have to write it or at least design it. But it's there will be software where miners will just say if the block is too big. The miners will have a rule on what blocks total block size across all the side chains and the main chain. And this would happen. This is not specific to side chains, but they have this rule, um, and they uh, for maximizing their revenue. And they'll just say if other miners aren't following the rule, then we'll just orphan their blocks. And all the miners will want to do this because it will increase total revenue for every miner so they well, yeah, will just do this. it won't that, need to really be enforced at the it node sounds level. a lot like emergent consensus in you know not not in, in implementation but in you know theory yeah um so yeah, maybe i suppose i don't know yeah um so so oh god i had another question but i forgot it <laughs> uh let's see well in oh. Um, it was about the rec the 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 rectangles, uh, uh, the really really wide scenario. I lost it again. Sorry. Uh, the that scenario is bad because that it's bad for nodes because the yeah, nodes have that's to put it. up with all this. That was the point. Volume. That's yeah, the point. So it's di- it is different. There's an externality uh, for each transaction that's processed. The miners get the fee, and they have to store the, and process the transaction temporarily. Mm-hmm. Well, it but seems like a misalignment of nodes. incentives. The nodes don't get the fee, um, and they get they the have to burden. hold all this stuff and verify it, and then kind of store it forever. So it's bad in that sense. Yeah, I mean, um, is is there any hope you? But think- that's exactly the thing that sidechains will solve. Because if you want to opt into storing more, you can. But if you don't want to opt into more, you don't have to, and then you'll be stuck on the smaller side with paying probably more fees. Almost certainly, um, but on the lar- the large side chain, you will have to. It will be more difficult for you to run a node, and you will be paying greater fees. Oh, sorry, you'll be paying fewer, smaller right. transaction fees, fee for kill. So, so basically, you'll you'll have a cost trade off because if you if you want, to, I mean, assuming you don't rely on SPV uh, for the the drive yeah. chain. Uh, then you run your own node, uh, but you choose effectively if you want to opt into the system that 
requires more space, but in as a trade off, you you pay lower fees. Yes. So, but I mean, some people want. It's not a big deal for some people. Some people can easily handle a bigger node, and other people they can't at all. They really want to run the node over Tor or something weird. So this is exactly an example of it working perfectly, where people want to. Um, some people want different things, and so some people make a lot of Bitcoin transactions per day, and they uh, want those transactions to be cheap, and they don't care if they have to run a node because they're already running whatever, and they run it on their desktop, and it's not doesn't make as big a deal for them. And other people, as you say, will use SPV, and they're very comfortable trusting SPV. Those people really don't care about how big the block size is. There's no reason for you know, them more power to. to them. Yeah, I mean, if 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 they're they're good enough to to trust SPV, they that's good enough for them. Like a true SPV implementation, not just you know a random wallet provider's node, but like you know something that does balancing amongst multiple sources and the like. Um, yeah. I'm, I, it's just, it seems to me the alignment of incentives isn't quite right. And this, your approach does help, but it doesn't seem like a silver bullet to that, you know? Because there's always going to be people who are un unhappy with any solution. I don't know. But I mean, I'd like to see this happen, honestly. What, what do you think, Tidwell? I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> Drive change. Y'all, y'all are, y'all are, y'all are so dull right now talking about rectangles. I want to. <laughs> uh, anyways, are you... oh no. Well, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of jazzed up. If you're saying it's going to be here by the end of the year, of course, you know, honestly, yeah, me too. I, I would like to see, given, given that we, you know, we have this agreement, we have all this, this horrible fuss, right? I would like to see still, um. The you know Segwit pass uh, come uh, July twenty first though opens the window a couple days later but before the Two weeks. the UASF uh, fork um, I'd like to see that pass and then I'd like to see the hard fork pass and then I would like to see drive chains become operational and be phased in with wallets to to allow us to use this cool stuff. Paul, are you are you pro UASF? I don't really know. Uh, I think I'm. I think I'm not. I don't like the precedent. Of I think it should be really hard to change the consensus rules, and I really don't think that anyone should just be able to just change them. And I don't like the idea of what I imagine is a very terrible future where people feel like they have to install whatever software someone you know the Just technical community demands that they install and i don't like that idea at all so i guess i'm vaguely against i mean i don't think i also think it's very weird to i mean it's very dangerous to go against the only difference between the miners are the only difference between some random file on your computer that anyone could make and anyone could make copies of or modify the only difference between some file and the blockchain is the miners. So I, th I think it's weird to just kind of kick them to the curb and say, you know, we don't need you anymore. <laughs> I just think that's I, kind of, I honestly weird. don't, don't, I don't follow their game theory, honestly. Um, because, you know, I, every, everybody in that crowd se seems to be under the impression that, um, 
if well, I mean, I honestly think Segwit's going to get activated because of Segwit two X. So it's it's going to happen. So I'm not not much worried about it. But they're saying that if the miners don't don't do it, it's going to fork the coin or it's going to split it. Do a coin split without a hard fork, and then you know you'll have the the one will always be attempting to reorg the other into it if it ever gets in front of it. Um, and 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 the the game theory that they're saying is that. Well, this one's obviously going to be the more valuable one, but I don't I don't see that as the case because that could be true of, of any fork you make, right? That if it suddenly gains the majority of hash power, it'll wipe out the other fork, right? But, you know, once it gets past a certain degree of being so far behind, it's just a dead fork. And I don't know. I just I don't see it succeeding. <laughs> even even I mean, except except for the fact that they you know, the miners agreed to something else that that overlaps. Well, um, it could easily the UASF could easily succeed because, and it also it's also possible that the UASF caused the Segwit two X agreement. Oh, I, you know, I'll agree there. there. I'll agree there because it you know they put um, a deadline on it, which is you know that moved things along. Yeah. So yeah, in in that light, it's um, it's probably positive. But the it's like imagine the moment of August first, uh, the blockchain splits, but the split is only one block long each, and now everyone miners have a decision to make. Um, someone has found a block that does a SegWit transaction, and someone has found a block that spends the SegWit transaction output in an invalid way. So that would be like the bit main one or whatever. Yeah. And now the miners have to decide. Which one they're going to mine? Um, it, you know, the, the safest thing for many miners to do might be to try and not decide, which would be kind of funny itself if there would be a, some element of luck on it's just if who happened to be finding. Are, are you saying? Are you saying before the hard fork? You're saying before the hard fork, right? Well, he, he's talking about Jihan's hard fork. The, it would the be a counter. negative hard fork. Oh, it would be stealing are, the segwit outputs. Are, are, would be, yeah, but are you talking about before the hard fork for two megabytes? That's what you're talking about. Yes. Okay. Because Segwit two X is well. I'm talking about the UASF on August first. Yeah. So, so, he, so, so the scenario. There. There's a lot yeah. of scenarios. The scenario he's talking about I'm is just making sure because Segwit two X does not pass. Segwit is not activated, and we hit August first. UASF yeah. is activated, yeah. and main chain has no Segwit. That's the scenario yeah. we're talking about. And then that gets immediately yes, followed exactly. up so, by you know, Segwit UAHF. Normally, <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. It would be nice to just have. People activate SegWit by whatever means necessary, including Seg, you know, SegWit 2x. Although some people don't agree with that, but I just I'm a very practical guy, and it's just do you want SegWit? Yes or no? Yes is the answer for me. And especially because I'm not going to be using it like at first. I'm just going to watch other people use it, and make sure everything's kosher. Because you never know. There's a lot of mm. strong emotional feelings, so you never know exactly how stuff's going to go down. Stuff's new. I mean, people test a lot, so I have complete faith in well, the testing abilities of the core development team. But it's just, also, I mean, economically, yeah. until SegWit's seasoned and it's like uh, accepted by everybody, if it's contentious at all, you could have a miner fork off. And if if you know people join the chain of the forked off miner, then all the SegWit uh, stuff done so far, the SegWit outputs can be stolen on the other chain. I mean that 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 could always happen. It's a lot less likely to happen when Segwit's been around for a while because then it's been accepted. Exactly. As, yeah, but when it's new, yeah, that's a very real risk if you're one of the first people to stick your neck out there. 
Right, because if it's been around for a while, then the miner's attack on the SegWit output, it, there's nothing leading you away from attributing that to a completely unquenchable like thirst for just destroying everything in Bitcoin. But if it's brand new, then there is a very clear line that between the two things where it's just like you and in, in particular because everyone knows that they didn't like it and that they were withholding it for a while. So it's very, very different, different categorically, I think. If it's been around for a while, if it's been around for like two really months attack. and somebody tried to fork and steal all the SegWit outputs, I wouldn't I wouldn't join that. <laughs> there is no way I'll transact yeah. on that chain. Yeah. Yeah. Because if if you're gonna do that, then why what's so special about a couple of months? Like why not a couple of years? And what's so special about SegWit? Yeah. Why don't we just try and steal everything? Right, so but if it's like within a day or two, yeah, you know. <laughs> you're protected very by uh, by refusing to, because you don't want to draw some connection between what the, you do and what the miner does that enables them to justify taking the money. If it's been around for a while, then now it's like unprompted. It's like, why did they do that out of the blue? But if you're the first one, then it's kind of, you can be, it can be the, the, your strategic relationship with the miners can be spun as kind of saying something like, you did the SegWit thing, and therefore I, the miner, will do some some mean thing. Yeah. So yeah. So I mean, of course, but that's all the more reason to activate it sooner, and for me to watch carefully while everything happens. And just, oh, I just, and I it, just worry the that activated, people will be a couple months. People don't know about the risk. You know, that's that's what worries me because you know I, I understand the risk to it if you if you go out and make a SegWit transaction right off the bat. But I mean, I don't even know if the core client, you know distinguishes between SegWit transactions and regular transactions once SegWit's activated, you know? Because it may just default to SegWit from now on, so people could be using it and not even know it, you know? And that that kind of worries me. Yeah, I don't actually know that. Um, I mean, certainly it does distinguish, and certainly it's easy to tell. I mean, they're playing with the address format and these other things. Oh, yeah, you can totally so, see it. But, um, I mean, but yeah, the yeah. uneducated, you know, just, oh, I'm going to send a transaction, they they may not realize. <laughs> you guys are getting even blurrier somehow. I don't even know. I'm losing the color <laughs> now. It's, I can't believe it. Like, you're like, you're like monochrome, practically. It, I don't, it's, uh, <laughs> it's so weird. We, we, we segwitted <laughs> the, the color out of, of the, of the oh upload God. for you. My God, this is so weird. So SegWit, <laughs> yeah. SegWit is beneficial for the concept of drive chains, right? Uh, what uh, SegWit and drive chain are? They're different. They're totally. Oh well, yeah, different. yeah, but I mean, because of I, of the version it, scripting, it would be nice. The side chains themselves, it'd be nice to be able to lightning through them. Yeah, and that is SegWit helps with lightning, and so lightning helps side chains. They kind of help each other out a lot because, um, but lightning more has more helpful to side chains, I think. Then sidechains are helpful to lightning. Um, it, the cool thing is, if you if you have lightning on two networks, since it's just hash locked contracts, as long as they, the two have hash functions that the other understands, which they will, because they'll just have the same hash function. It'll be the mm -hmm. same SHA two fifty six or whatever. Uh, so then on, you can nothing. The lightning between two people on main chain Bitcoin is the same as lightning between two people on the side chain Bitcoin. And it's the same if half, half is on one and half is on the other. So if you're, so you if you're making like drive chain one, whatever it's called, does it have the same private key structure as Bitcoin? 
uh, you know, same shot. Yeah, no, my vision for the large block sidechain is that it's they're just a copy of the latest version of Bitcoin. What about things like blocks. like replay attacks if you have the same private key on both chains or I don't know. You would not. That's a very good question. You would not though. Okay. Because what you do is you send when you send them from the side chain from the main chain to the side chain, you say I'm gonna spend from here and send it to this address over there. You have a new address. It's a very good question though. But yeah, but if somebody was stupid enough to send it to the same address on both chains, it could be replayed. I mean, not you know. No, I don't think so because <laughs> okay. you would have to you'd have to select a, an unspent transaction. You have to select the actual transaction ID. Ah, uh-huh, that's and true. And you couldn't really because you yeah. might be right, but I don't think so because you'd have to no, that select. Makes sense. You'd have to, what you're imagining is you send it to the side chain, and then you can't like spend it again. You can't double spend it on the main chain. So if you're signing you if it. you're signing UTXO outputs, then yeah, it, it doesn't stand that it would follow because those are never going to line up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's I, hey, Paul. Yeah, if, you have to have a, the same transaction ID. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You're not. Paul, gonna. do you do you see some of the side chains acting as feature branches? Yes, I do. Yeah. It's like, and like, that's my vision for side chains is they're, they're categories of things. So you have like the privacy side chain. So wait, wait, when I, when I, when I ask that question, I mean, like, let's say these features are tested out there instead of testnet and then merged into Bitcoin main chain. So yeah, some people have this vision for side chains as like, we'll test weird stuff there and then we'll merge it in. I think that, was a really good first start, but I don't really see it that way anymore. I mean, now we're already like merging in super weird stuff. You know, Segwit is pretty weird and merging it in any way. We merged in other weird stuff. I think it's not, we have testnet for that. I mean, I mean, sidechains might be used for that purpose. I think instead though, it will be stuff that, where there's like an actual trade-off where people say, okay, this feature is just really heavy. Will people, will people do ICOs? Will people do ICOs Sorry? on the sidechain? Will pe- there will may it be, be like the a new ICO style. Uh, there may be like a counterparty style um, sidechain that has just a bunch of assets, and then people might do all day long. They might do all kinds of illegal securities offerings on violating many laws. But right. They might do that all day. I mean, but Bitcoin that's just a, a token riding on top of the sidechain, not the sidechain itself, because then the sidechain itself acts more like Ethereum as a base for other assets, right? So it's not like the sidechain. If you wanted to have this thing that had like just every token under the sun, I think that would be better to put all that in one category mm-hmm. and say this is the this is the alt sidechain, the ICO right? This side is the sidechain that will manage digital collectibles, mm-hmm. and it will have Pepe Cash, and it will have Rare Pepe, and it will have Spells of Genesis, and it will have digital collectibles. They'll all be over there. And you'll be kind of having in like an all for one deal where it's like you have to um you have to like uh oh, what was I gonna say? Um you have to download everyone else's digital assets if you want your digital assets to be there. But if you don't want to play any weird digital asset games at all, if you're not into Pepe Cash, nor are you into Spells of Genesis, nor are you into anything else, ICOs, then you just don't you just say I'm not going to use the counterparty side chain. Yeah. Thanks, but no thanks. So but if you do, it's better. You don't want to go down the line and have each one be different. So just to explore because the concept hurts. of privacy a little bit. 
Um, so, yes. Wait, real quick, were you talking about oh. like a ERC twenty like pro like standard? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, they'd yeah. be like the ERC twenty sidechain, which would be like the counterparty sidechain. Yeah, he's saying have one sidechain just devoted to tokenization crap. We, we got our first uh, <laughs> yeah. live comment. Oh yeah, um, I didn't know we were streaming. No, we're not. Oh, That's okay. the funny part. Uh, I posted a picture of uh of our podcast though in the dojo, and Talon says everyone looks miserable. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> it's been a long week. That's too bad. We are miserable though. <laughs> we hope misery loves company. So, um, so, so, I just would like to explore a little bit the concept of privacy as it applies to drive chains and side chains sure. in general. So, how private? I I know you can move in a market that could be very opaque. Where you could exchange coins with others on on a on a market uh, like an external thing, uh, uh, but as for the actual transfer back and forth from main chain to the side chains, um, how how uh, transparent is that? Is it like one hundred percent traceable or one hundred percent? It's one hundred percent transparent. So everyone mm-hmm. knows if you send. There's there's a lot of so like any lightning transfers you do are totally private, 100. Mm-hmm. percent But uh, they're all off chain. So if you if you know if if Tidwell has four side Bitcoin, I have four main Bitcoin, and we we swap, and we we can we can swap those with each other um, without that being even on any chain right now. You know, it'd be like lightning where this stuff happens in a hidden zone, and then. Then only the net effect of this stuff is actually broadcast. But speaking about the actual messages, everyone will see that someone, some address on the main chain is putting their money into a specific side chain. So they say, we know that money moves from address 14JX to the large block side chain at this address. They won't necessarily know who, you know, it'll be the same. Before, they won't necessarily know who, but they will know that that those that money was linked. Um, it, they they don't know if that money was transferred or if you it was you swapping with someone else. So there's a lot of stuff that's unknown. But yeah, those are just public. They, when money moves from one blockchain to another, from one from the main chain to a side chain, or from one side chain to another side chain, that is public. So we got a couple. Let's see, because I know you've been thinking about this a lot. So we have an asset sidechain, uh, a, a privacy sidechain, an identity sidechain. Uh, what yes. what other ones do you uh, see popping up? In uh, well, the there's first my own round? project, which is Bitcoin of course, Hive Mine. Like yep. It sounds like it sounds like this. This Paul, it really sounds like this yes. might be a killer app for Bitcoin or blockchain tech or is that what you would say oh you never know everything's the killer app of everything <laughs> i guess i don't know i mean i remember that mist was the killer app for the cd-rom and <laughs> yeah. i don't think anyone's used that i mean i guess ocarina of time was the killer app for n64 or was that super mario 64 maybe i don't know it's like kind of like that's what i remember as a killer app i don't know Gold ransomware eye. is like the killer app for bitcoin because it's <laughs> like you can't you literally need bitcoin so, but uh, yeah. So, what other side chains? I think I really want to bring BitMessage back. I really liked BitMessage a lot. I'm sad that it's like not being used. I think we should all use it. We should all be, you know, we shouldn't be like dog fooding. You know what? I'm not familiar with BitMessage. I remember it. Oh, it's so cool. 
so basically BitMessage is sort of like <clears throat> I, I have a big problem with the way we do email. And Gmail does a great job. Uh, but the problem is we need that we're totally reliant on them for their spam filters. Yeah. Because it's free to send an email. So my thesis is if we could just make it expensive to send an email, so just force people to pay. Kind of very cash. much like uh, 21. Except not, you know, I mean, that's kind of a weird way to run a company on that on this premise. Everyone should be able to generate these emails and these contact information. And it interacts nicely with the identity concept. Um, that you should be able to have just the Michael Tidwell, and then anyone should be able to contact you if they pay ten cents to you or whatever. And so we need a lot of technology for this. We need like micropayments. We need Lightning Network. So we need SegWit. We need side chains. So it's a big, it's a big project. But we we're within striking distance of this project, I think. And I don't like the fact that I mean, right now, think of how much stuff your Gmail has. It has all of your contacts as a start, and all the, these private messages that you've sent to your friends and family. A, but B, every time you sign up for something, you get the automated email, and then you like confirm your account. They, they can reset all of your passwords, and they know every place you have an account, and they can reset every single password that you have. It's just like an extremely high amount of control yeah. that's just been handed right over. And I just, you know, it's sort of fine for now. I mean, the weird thing is it's, it's already we see the problems because already we have the people porting the phone number and then using the phone number to reset the Gmail right. account. Yeah. So we already are seeing the, the inefficiencies uh, sort of begin to appear in this model. And it's better. It's just better if we can just switch to something like BitMessage. I mean, I really fear for a society that doesn't have message privacy. I just think it's outrageous what we um, have to put up with now that people couldn't put up with easily in the past. And we're kind of within striking distance of this this thing. I, I think that would be great. And the reason it should be a side chain is so that we can have this thing where it's, you've got to pay me 20 cents in Bitcoin to contact me and maybe i have like different lanes you know i would love to have different lanes where it's like i will give you a thoughtful reply and i will read your thing immediately if you pay me like a hundred bucks or something you know like i can imagine certain people who have a certain type of personality they could be like yeah if you're not on my white list um you've got to pay me fifty dollars to to send me a message and then just i mean just think about how much you know spam has a real cost spam is really annoying you know and just think about all the email the snail mail that you throw away and then like, you just really don't want to deal with any of the, this is your scarce attention that is being consumed by this process and to help you you just have to hand over basically your entire digital existence to gmail or similar someone's going to use and your I'm, use your most valued uh, lane or whatever get, spend like $50 be like this was my last $50 on my Nigerian prince yeah. that just needs <laughs> you know <laughs> I, I, I gave yeah. you my last well, $50 the thing is, like if someone I mean I will re, you know like I would carefully consider like oh someone spent because the point of email spam someone actually has there are very interesting theories about email spam one is that it, it never actually works, and so it doesn't work. So the basic one basic theory is just that you know all they have to do it's free. They spend this; it's a numbers game. They send all this stuff out, and they just want to hook like the one or two really gullible people. Yeah. So that's the basic theory. But there's another theory that is sort of like a Dunning Kruger theory, which is like <laughs> an email spam never works. But what happens is they 
the 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 dumbest like five percent of the technologically literate population the dumbest five percent think that it works and they say oh i've got to find these suckers <laughs> i'm gonna and so it has these waves of just ongoing well that that would just imply that, that nobody has ever fallen for like a 509 scam or, or you know what i mean which i i'm sure somebody at some point in the line has but I yeah know. I, I think there's a lot to be but said the point for is that. It's, it's a very, very low success rate. Very, very low. It clogs up our... The point is it clogs up our... Our tubes. Our lives. Our internet our, yeah, it tubes. Does. It clogs up our tubes, but it clogs up our neurons. And it, so that's one thing. I'd like to bring the message back. Uh, I would like to... You know, I don't know if we've uh, dropped... What happened with Drop Zone, with you know, Chris's project. He, John, Seth, and him were really whatever. excited about that. I know, and so I that would be cool. I mean, they use Bitcoin uh, testnet for messaging, but they could for like an instant messenger type thing. But we, they would be better, be a little cleaner if that were. Hey, can I customized. talk? I want not like a Ripple. The old Ripple idea was like, it was bad, but it was a lot better than all this crap hey. that we're dealing with now. And then you know, there's Rootstock as well. I don't really, I think that, I think it's better to do the side chains by topic. But yeah, if you know, if the market wants to have a root, I mean, what I would imagine is that. You would turn on rootstock, and you'd realize that no one was using this for anything except ICOs and speculation. And so it would eventually have to be. We would eventually take that. My imagination is that we would eventually have to take that slot back and say no one is using this. I almost feel like you can have a. I almost feel like you you would have a drive. I almost feel like you would have a drive chain for like an ICO, and then all the drive chains off of that. Like if if a rootstock system happened, you. You could couldn't you just do like a drive chain with rootstock owning that drive chain and then you do a bunch of side chains off of that side chain? You could. Isn't that You could, but I mean what are these for? I mean like this ICOs. Where are the you know it's just all for yeah, but what are the ICOs for? I mean no, 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 no. Just, it's they're for raising money. Yeah, right. That's the entire purpose. So so is that is uh, that there's that no assets, it's all you, liabilities and equity. You okay. I know you're not exactly bullish on Ethereum, but you really think dude, he's wearing an Ethereum shirt. The um, the do you think the, the quarterback ICOs for the are the Ethereum only... elephants? <laughs> yeah, I see. I just noticed. The and we we also too. we also noticed you joined the tennis team. <laughs> yes, I did. That is the, the, the um, that would be the uh, Zamfir Zephyrs. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. <laughs> No, but I, just, I, mean, I can only imagine Mike in space is going to Photoshop all kinds of crazy <laughs> stuff. Like this. Yeah, so yeah, that's going to be awesome. Yeah, t- tell him that this episode is very boring. Tell them <laughs> they just shouldn't watch it. Even know Mike what we're going to get now. Mike in space might be our only viewer. Yeah. So, uh, so, so he somehow he watches it. He's like Sauron. He just like watches everything somehow. <laughs> How does he do that? Any? What does he do with his? What's his like day job? He has kids. He has a family. Like, how does he find the time to do all this stuff? Who he is, must he be does it all in his car. He, well, he, he does his podcast to and from work. So, I mean, he, <laughs> he uh, he's very efficient with his time. So, I guess he has a real job and he somehow, I mean, like, yeah, I guess so. I mean, I don't know how he's doing that. I mean, he's really That's impressive, into this. Though. It is. It's amazing. I, I wanted to ask a quick question. You brought up Chris earlier with Drop Zone. Yes. Did you see Chris's interview with the Tezos guy, Arthur? No, I did not. Uh, the French guy? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I saw some of it. So, yeah, he's sort of vaguely French, right? Uh, so I met I met Arthur at Strange Loop in St. Louis before 
you know, he did this uh, project or he was just starting this project out and he was telling me about OCaml and all this stuff. And he gave a talk where he can't really hear you, but just going (laughs) perfect. He, He gave a talk at strange loop and I'm pretty sure the guy was talking a million words a minute, whatever. I don't think anyone followed his logic or anything except for like maybe like two people mm-hmm. out of like the 200 or 300 that actually came. I don't know. He had a huge freaking audience. He was the only blockchain talk at strange loop, but uh, I feel like Chris did a really good job, you know, interviewing him and he got to the point where he was sweating Oh, during the interview. I was like really I'll surprised that about that. Watch. But, but given that, you know, he, Chris, in my opinion, had a terrific interview with Arthur he still raised like a quarter billion dollars, and largest ICO to That's date. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Well, yeah, is it, it is like it considered an ICO? It is considered an ICO. It's just not on Ethereum, but uh, yeah, it's not an ERC twenty. It's just a separate. And, yeah. and it's a proof of stake uh, concept, and you, you know, I, I'm really confused. We got to change the ERC twenty one. Yeah. Actually, I think they're up to like twenty four in the actual spec because oh, they have a different so, version. Like, yeah. So Paul it could be like. You know, four hundred <laughs> billion. As as no one cares, right? So Paul, infinity uh, plus one. Yeah, I I think a Chris, I think Chris and John Seth, you know, when they're together, uh, did a, did a good job with some of their interviews. You know, obviously they're 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 really 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 silly and appropriate sometimes, but I think they do a great job actually getting to like, you know, the actual interesting points of some of these projects pretty quickly and. Oh my god! It was really disheartening to to. I went on the Tezos forum where Chris actually posted this video, and uh, everyone just wrote off Chris as a troll. Which, you know, fair and different, sure. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's say he's a troll. But I mean, I couldn't believe well, that no troll, one. A troll can make a good point. Are you I trying mean, to say that uh, it had more credibility when there was like two people and it like? How can like, it have more credibility well, with Jumpset? No, I just, I, mean, I just, I mean, I, don't know. I guess I just <laughs> want to talk about this because I, I guess, I, I just want to talk about this because I was like so surprised that his video had no effect on, in my opinion, on how much they raise. It's, it's groupthink. It's yeah, that is know, weird, isn't it? It's, it's yeah, it's, and well, one weird thing is that um, there's a story about like the bidder. Bitcoin people, which is there's a lot of truth oh, in butters? it. Honestly, it's 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 it kind of weird. Like all the Bitcoin people have made like huge amounts of money. Some people millions of dollars, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars or whatever it is, and yet it's still said with some justification that it's like all oh, these people are bitter that they didn't like invest in Ethereum. Like they only made <laughs> enough money to last them the rest of their lives. They didn't make the Ethereum style money so therefore they're bitter which is very funny how, how much truth there is in this story but just the mere existence of this story is kind of like an instant like critical thinking like disable lever of some kind <laughs> where it's just if you criticize ethereum at all it kind of gives it more legitimacy because it says it's worthy of criticism but they're just bitter so it's kind of very it's very much like donald trump kind of phenomenon i think where people would criticize donald trump but it just it just added fuel to the fire because that was what people wanted was uh, someone who would make are you, are, are you all saying these elites pay attention are you saying chris is bitter what are you saying no no no. i'm saying that there's this is what you're you were surprised that the video didn't work no i was uh, surprised how i was sur- i was surprised that people that were you know, going to put money in Tezos. Essentially, it, it seemed like they they wrote off this video. 
Well, yeah, that's what he's saying. Is, like, is he didn't didn't poke any holes. You know, the video was not effective as yeah. a counter argument against investment in Tezos. It sure seems right. That way. It didn't work. It wasn't persuasive. And I'm saying that there's this context of yeah, like people don't care. <laughs> I mean, the other thing, though, is that we are we, the, the there's a in addition to this story about like um, how people. Uh, about how like there's like the Bitcoin maximalist kind of almost stigma. In addition to that story, we are living through kind of like the dot com era, where mm-hmm. the dot com era, if you put dot com on the end of something, valuation would go up by like a factor of three or something ridiculously stupid like that that made no sense. And we're just living through something that's very similar to that because in our case, a factor of blockchain on something, a factor of 20. I I still think we're nowhere near the insanity. That's going to be in a couple of years. I mean, I still think it's going to get so much crazier. It's going to be bananas. But you think it's going to get even, yeah, well, I don't know how big someone should check and see inflation adjusted or what have you, like how big the dot com of what what kind of pattern there was there? Because now we have the same thing. Well, it's hold on. Inflation adjusted or asset tech- price adjusted? Because that's a big difference right there. <laughs> the what we have now are just these projects that are they're not even like technology projects at all. Really, they're just like companies, tech startups, like any other tech startup. And that's kind of like where we are. We've regressed to just. Um, the unlicensed security offering and it's completely unlike what it originally was with Bitcoin, which was like a finished product that um Right. You know, it, it never it never crowdfunded anything. Status. Yeah. It was it was finished before it was worth anything. It was a working right. product before it was worth even a fraction of a cent. I mean, it had no value literally for like the first year of its existence. It's, it certainly is demoralizing. I think that we can say with some justification that, um, that you know, you do all this work to convince people that Bitcoin is valuable and then they just, they don't believe you. And then they, as soon as they believe you, they just turn right around and they say, that's exactly why NXT is valuable or whatever. And then you have to like try and say, the opposite direction and that is i think i don't know if we need like a this must be like a german word for that or something i don't know what it is but it's like regret upon enlightening yeah the germans the have the best words man. for things <laughs> or something so, like that so and uh, that is weird what's your theory as to how uh the current ico fervor dies uh, does it die due to just yeah, really complete- good question yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, really I'll let question. you answer. Um, I don't know. I mean, it could. I mean, it's weird because again, they're now there's not like normally I would say side chains would just swoop in and kill all this stuff eventually. Um, but now the projects are not even side chainable because they are securities and they are, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like they re- they refer to like actual company. Yeah, they're way. they're not. So they have, actual, there's nothing to do with the blockchain yeah, at all. They're not tech. They're a company. Uh, <laughs> so as by virtue of that, the, the sidechain technology cannot copy them. It can't. Um, so, yeah, it's pretty weird. I think one thing would be if <clears> – well, it's hard to say. I don't know. Um, so do you think there's a, really a chance of I think, SEC regulation coming in and just wiping these all out? Or you know what I mean? Uh, or Yeah, well, they someone – 
uh, you know, I was on the, um, I got my, I, this is definitely a, this is an Ethereum shirt for my football team, but this <laughs> is also the Church of Blurk shirt from uh, I'm, I'm Not Your Lawyer show. And um, the, uh, so apparently this, the cycles on this stuff can be pretty long and they want to build the case. And if they, they don't want to lose because they're setting a precedent, the, by they I refer to the, you know, the district attorney and the government, the SEC. Right. So they will prepare the case. And then once they're prepared, they've got everything. They go in, they arrest the people. They know exactly what to say if it ever goes to court, which it won't because they'll sit, the lawyer will tell them that they have no case and that they'll lose. And then they will plea out. And, and so, so apparently it takes a while. Um, I don't know what's taking it this long because some of the stuff is just obviously just like it's it, it, it doesn't even go to whether or not it's it could be legal or not or even whether or not it could be seen as supporting like innovative technology or not or whether or not this is like very, very mean of the government to do. Some of this stuff is just just very foolish and I don't know how long it's going to take. Yeah, I think that that will happen at some point. I'm not really doing a good job of answering your question. Well, no, not, that I mean, will it's, eventually it's... happen. I mean, if there's a tr- there's a joke in econ that if something can't go on forever, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, this is kind of like what Chris and Josh have been saying that either eventually everything will just be ICOs, and there won't even be a <clears throat> no one. There'll never be an IPO again. There'll never be like any well, shares. So, so there'll the all just be an ERC. Twenty tokens, like, or something will happen that will stop that from happening. Well, the question is, the, I mean, I thought the, the bubble's going to pop one way or the other, right? It's it, this this whole fervor around these things, at least this particular one, and and you know, and I I have opinion even if this one pops for some reason in like two or three years, it'll come back with a vengeance and be even more. But um, but the question is, what's going to bring it down first? Is it going to be some sort of external regulation? Or is it going to be just more of like the Dow where it just falls flat on its face and just like you yeah, see epic yeah, losses uh, and then people just get completely disinterested? Very good question. I, you know, I really think it's, it's got to be the Dow type thing because this stuff is like not – I mean, well, the ERC-20 tokens are probably hardened enough. So if it's that category, then I think it will have to be regulation because there's probably not a lot of room for error yeah. over there. And if there is, there'll be like there's not a line, not a lot of lines of code in the ERC twenty contract. That's not what much I imagine. Room. And if there is, it would be found as like many eyeballs, you know, security principle. And plus, they're all in it together, so it'd be easier to coordinate a fix if there was any mistake. Well, so I, I mean, think that one has to be. If the tokens don't do but anything, I think these ambitious projects really can't like mess Tezos. it up. I mean, <laughs> right. If the tokens don't actually do anything, you really can't mess them up. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, yeah, by virtue of their uh, in in utility. What's, what's the word? Yeah, by the, <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's a real word. So, but. The tokens are so useless; they can't even do anything. They can't even uh, just leave it as stolen. just leave it at that. The tokens are so useless; they can't even. Yeah. So yeah, that's somebody's going to have to come in and basically to say, "Hey, you stole that money." It's also, their inability <laughs> to be stolen at all because they just. Have just a, so, but that's in the, to their credit in this weird case. Um, so that has to be regulatory. So for something like Tezos, where they're just like, oh, we're going to do this weird new thing, and it's got proof of stake, it's got everything. 
I think your deal is what? formal proofs, right? Hey, can, uh, I want to ask a question. Let's say Tezos was proof of work, okay, Paul? What do you think about the idea of combining? Because this was my idea of it. What do you think about the idea of combining version control in with the protocol itself? Because essentially, that's what I got from it. I don't know if that's what you understood or if you've looked at it. I didn't really understand what you mean. What are we combining with what? Uh, version control with the actual uh, protocol itself. Uh, it's it's not. Yeah, but what are we combining it with? The idea where Tezos, the idea where Tezos can uh, make code changes just to be about, you know, you can change just about anything about the Tezos protocol, um, and it's part of the protocol. What? Okay, well, that's kind of weird. Like, like, no, no, uh, I'm saying, oh, is that not your idea of what Tezos is? No, Tezos is formal validation proofs is its big thing. Yeah, but the whole idea with Tezos is it's dynamic, and you can change a lot of aspects of the code without. You know, uh, you can change a lot of things about the protocol. Uh, kind of in has any have you researched Tezos? Yeah, not to to that extent of anything you're talking about. I mean, the, oh, have the, you researched Tezos? Can you back me up on this? Uh, I, I, you know, I know, I, I really don't really know, but I think I know what you're talking about, which is like this kind of like this governance thing is built it, in. A, they, they have can, a governance like, model. Changes Tezos? to itself. Yeah. Okay, I know Definity has that. Definity, they have this neural Hold network on. thing, and, and it's all right. First off, I don't I know like anything about of, Definity. We're reaching so. a point where like they all kind of look the same to me. Like, yeah. you know how like Neo says that to Agent Smith. All right, Morpheus says that to Agent Smith. Yeah, hold says, on. Let's let's go with the, the assumption. Let's go with the assumption that uh, protocol changes are very easy in line with the with the system itself. So essentially, if fifty one percent of the stakers or whatever want to make a change to the protocol, they just change it like almost immediately. Okay, so there's no well, there's no idea. Well, yeah, but you can't you can't just say uh, you know well, you can't since do that there, there's well first off. Well, no, I mean it's a completely different system because oh, they're I using proof started, of stake. I'm sorry, I thought you started. You're the right. You're right. Well, like, I, I guess I guess this his idea doesn't really work with proof of work because you have the idea of miners that yeah. implement the code. But if you have all the users. I don't know. I guess. I guess what aspect of that? Because that's going to be well, different than Ethereum. Ethereum, if it goes proof of stake, isn't going to be like, well, fifty-one percent of the stakers can change the protocol. So the primary, and Tezos is is going after that. So the primary driver in my mind of Tezos, it may be, and, you know, governance may be a characteristic of it, but it's not the primary driver of it. The primary driver. So is this the, is what Arthur sold it to me as when I talked to him for like an like two hours in St. Louis. How long ago was that? I mean, it, I mean, you're right. It might is, have changed. This is probably this was, this was probably before the big formal valid proof validation thing came about okay. in Ethereum, well, which is a fairly maybe recent maybe it's very frustrating. Yeah, maybe yeah. maybe he's changed like his ideas of it. But when I, I was talking to Arthur, it was highly based on you know there's this debate going on in Bitcoin where no one can agree. In well, his system, it would be so much easier, you know, to change the protocol if you want to change. What you're describing I, sounds to me like Definity because that's what they do. That's their big thing. One of their big things is, is their Definity is model. like half proof of work, half proof of stake. No, no, what, they what use a threshold relay model. It's really we the can talk about. Let's talk about Definity next week. Yeah. Anyway, but but I mean, the primary driver of Tezos, like if you go to their website, it doesn't say anything about governance. It says it's an Ethereum smart contract, Ethereum like smart contract platform that has formal validation proofs. And that's what its deal is. Well, I, I, I was asking I mean, him questions like, 
if you want to change the block yeah, size, see, how do you do that? And they're like, oh, you just do it. Well, if you want to change the, the algorithms, how do you do that? Oh, you can do it. I was like, well, if you want to yeah. go to proof of work, he was like even saying, yeah, you can, well, if, you if, can if change Ethereum, anything. If Ethereum becomes proof of stake, same deal with it. It's any proof of stake is like that. No, but they're saying uh, essentially changing the code base everyone's running. Yeah, you can do that with proof, proof, of, of, proof of stake. You're, you're not going to be able to do that with Ethereum. Yeah, I mean, you could if enough stakes switch. No, over you're to run just changing. You're just changing. You're just be able to steal stake and change the. No, but I mean, you, you, you're you're not going to be able to change what code yeah. people are running. Yeah, yeah that does sound a little bit like doing brain surgery on yourself. <laughs> well, I mean, what uh, I'm saying is, if 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 fifty one percent, so like a proof of stake fifty one percent attack, if fifty one percent of the stake of Ethereum decided to run another code base, that becomes Ethereum. You're just changing the state of the blockchain. You can't change what people are running. What do you mean? People change what they want to run. Anybody can run whatever they want to run. That's not what I'm saying. All right. Anyways, uh, okay. So I think let's 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 move you're on. You're talking about like you send a message across the blockchain that says we're updating. You must Pretty download much. this. It's like and then message the cons- which contains code, which contains like a Git that was thing or something. yeah no that, like, and then, so so my idea of Tezos was so they're combining they version control. To run like arbitrary code. Well, great. well, based on wrong. based on <laughs> based on the the majority of what people want. So essentially, well, the, I, the the way the way I walked away from it was I was talking to Arthur, and he it, uh, pretty much the conclusion of our conversation was combining version control in with the actual blockchain protocol itself. So you can literally make yeah, any know, code change. You, yeah, but are you excited about this? I mean, no, no, no. We're scamming ourselves. Just first off, talking. first off, I don't uh, even know if this is true because both of y'all don't seem to. No, I'm talking. I, about. I so haven't this... read about Tezos's governance model. Yeah, but, I don't know what it is. Yeah, but the best thing you could do is like just stop paying attention to any of these projects. I almost feel it's hard to stop paying attention. Just, with a, but this is this is after I the I really fact. like my own project a lot. I think Bitcoin Hive. Might <laughs> well, know you should launch project. an ICO, Paul. Paul, Paul, <laughs> this is after the fact of them raising a quarter billion dollars. I'm not talking about this before they did that. Yeah. So, so I mean, oh yeah, that's the only reason I'm I'm talking about it. They they well, raise you know, so much they money. They often have like you know uh, whales and stuff that this they, they ringers you know that just cycle money in and it's they pay them back so they don't actually have the money, but it's just to maybe make, that, you uh, know it's like a chandelier. Interesting. Bit to create a, an appearance of popularity. I did I did want so to. I don't know how much they actually raised. It's a very common practice. I though. wonder if they're going to uh, be able a lot to... of this is you know I think the other thing is. Um, I've heard that a lot of this is just people trying to launder all this money that they made. People made early Bitcoin, huge amounts of early Bitcoin. Wow, there's something to be money. said for that. I mean, you could have a total ICO have- scam just to launder your own money. Yeah. Huh. And then you, they make a lot of money in Ethereum, and they just don't know how to get rid of it, so they just put it through. They just, they just keep making money. They're lost. trying to. <laughs> they're trying to. They, yeah. they don't know what to do. They just keep making more they're money. Trying, just trying to get rid of it. They're yeah. tired of winning. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, you know, I they wanted to convert this million more. dollars. Yeah. And I made $30 million trying to. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it's very much like a, uh, what is it, like a springtime for Hitler? Like, uh, yeah. Kind of, uh, what's that the producers? Yeah, the producers where they had to, to make the uh, an unprofitable show in order to, to, to make a profit. So yeah. like take advantage of the tax scam or something, yeah. but the show ends up being a huge hit. <laughs> and they go broke. <laughs> uh, that's 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 that's, that's, that's Ethereum is springtime for Hitler, I think. <laughs> All right, so 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 last note on that, I probably have no idea what I'm talking about as far as Tezos is concerned. We can just skip that. Um, it's big. Alpha Bay. So so here's a topic that isn't really a topic anymore. Alpha Bay went down for like a while, and then now it's back up. Apparently, uh, 
Back up. There's back up. So so Paul, back now that you're now you that you're in Atlanta, roulette and you didn't die. So, <laughs> but Russian roulette is still stupid. So, so don't don't leave any money on there. It's only a matter of time. But Paul, yeah, today. I wonder how big Alpha Bay is now. I wonder. I wonder how much they. I do. would love to know. Yeah, I would love to know like the revenue. Yeah. I have like the Excel graph or whatever the hell it is of their, you know, just the revenue in dollars. I would just love to see that, and I would love to just send that to the to the world to CNN or whatever. <laughs> you that might be dangerous, considering people at Alpha Bay are like Russian owned, or or the Russian mafia would come after you. Yeah. Anyways. Oh no, I mean I would no, I don't mean you know, like with their permission or whatever. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> Let's just send it to Gwern. Send it to Gwern, uh Darknet researcher extraordinaire, and then he can publish it on his site. Well, it would be interesting to actually see the, the true size of that market because nobody really knows. I mean, uh, they obviously know how big it is, but I mean, you know, for us we can just guess. You know. We'll interview uh, Do you Alpha, guess? we'll interview Alpha Bay next week. How about that? Do you want to guess though? Just based off, just based off of like what what Silk Road, what Ross Albright had like eighty million on his laptop. Yeah, whenever, I mean it's it's Silk gotta Road. be you know I mean and it's gotta be bigger than that. Well, yeah, that's the question: is how many how how much bigger is it than Silk Road? Um, is it you know roughly the same size or is it triple or quadruple or ten times as big? I mean, I don't you know. think they have made? You think they have made in profit? God, I don't even know. It could be hundred million. Could be a billion dollars. God, I just could have be, a hard time even imagining. Would, would you have no a billion dollars in profit from? Because you know they're, they're they're on the margin. They yeah. just take the piece of the trade. So I don't know. I, I have a you know. Yeah, well, but what's, Ross Albright what's, made eighty million. Eighty million. Yeah. Well, and the longer like it goes on, what was the what was the how long was Silk Road up? Two, one, three one years. Sec, one sec. What was the what was the market cap of Bitcoin when? Uh, That's true. Because if you think about the market cap of Bitcoin and how long it Dude, took him to Ross, acquire that eighty million versus when Ross was busted, it was like seventy bucks. It was okay, like so, Bitcoin. So in other words, <laughs> it was about one fifteenth of the price or something, or what is that? Dude, it was much lower. Because if you're talking about market cap too, there were a lot less coins back then. Because that was that was when we were still pumping out twenty five per. So it was like twelve million coins in circulation. Something like that. Okay, so but I don't think it's. A, I think they get. I think they probably get a pretty good margin out of it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like I don't think it's not. This isn't like CVS where I've got to go and I've got to buy a toothbrush and there's like one toothbrush that looks pretty good and there's one that looks basically the same and one's heroin since she. And and um and so like it's not like you know it's not like we're just comparison shop like i think people just go to alpha bay and they like their, they they didn't get arrested by the police and they just go back so i think they could probably get you know i mean the, i don't know the margins are probably like 10% or something i have no idea yeah so but so if they do take that's 10% a lot on, on a the trade. entire throughput is a, a, and how much do you think the what do you be, think the sales are it could be in the I billions i have no idea again right? it could be in the billions but, oh, i would say a lot yeah that's it's just amazing yeah. All right. Let's let's move on to the topic of the evening. Unless y'all want to keep talking about random stuff. Uh, whatever uh, it is, please tell me it's the last. Well, actually, thing. Oh actually, God. before we get to the last thing, Paul. Now that you're in Atlanta so much, have you been yes. enjoying all the meetups that have been sprouting up? There's been like yes, a meetup so every many. single Dude, we've had every so single day of the week. 
Like literally the other week, there was a meetup every day of the week. Every day of the week, there's a meetup. And Paul, I think this is why you, you know, relocated to Atlanta or you're now in the yes. Southeast. You're touring the Southeast because of all the meetups. Meetup scene. Yeah. That's, I've decided that instead of doing anything productive for society, I'm just going to be one of these people who just goes around to meetups. I'm going to be a professional meeting attender. And I'm going to be a professional meeting attender, and I'm going to have all my business cards. I'm going to give them all out <laughs> uh, really quickly, and I'm going to need to order more. That's how many business cards I'm going to give out. I'm going to need to order them every week so, Paul, because I'll be out of business cards. Seriously, you should totally come and down. I'm going, and- to get, I'm going on LinkedIn, and I'm going to friend everyone on LinkedIn, even though my profile is public, and that is stupid. I'm going to friend everyone on LinkedIn that, that I Mike. possibly can. So I have all the LinkedIn friends. So – we Paul we, we run a uh, we run a meetup group of our own. Uh, he knows. It's, it's the Atlanta blockchain. Um, and, and everyone knows that. Yeah, but Paul needs to come down and Paul do is a right talk here on Drive Chain. Yeah. Paul yeah. Paul's giving a talk on. Yeah. Drive any chains. interest in doing when that? is the when, when does what day of the week is it? It's Wednesdays. It's like the last Wednesday of every month or the third Wednesday. Is it? Paul, we'll make it any day you. Oh, have. you do the Bitcoin oh, Wednesday. Matter. Yeah. Well, we can we can we yeah, can. Yeah, Bitcoin Wednesday. We can work around your schedule, Paul. Bitcoin Wednesday has like a quantum superposition. Like some places always <laughs> have Bitcoin Wednesday. Other places like there's no Bitcoin Wednesday. Bitcoin Wednesday, though. Yeah, that's us. Bitcoin okay. Wednesday. Hey, I have oh, a question. Normally- oh, I, have a, I have a question for yes. you all. If someone offered to give you money, would you promote their conference about blockchain? Depends on how much money, of course. If it's like hundreds of millions of dollars, you can donate it to like Africa and save all these lives, and then you can buy all the ethical karma that, that you need. <laughs> just karma arbitrage. I fully support karma arbitrage. Here's another question. If someone offered to give, if someone just wants you to promote their meetup where they charge money for attendees, but yet you run a meetup where it's completely free, what would you do about that? Okay, what is it? They're at the meeting. At the they same have time. a meetup. No, no, no. They have a meetup, that and they okay. have a registration fee. We run the Atlanta and blockchain that's completely free, and we provide beer and pizza and stuff. So we have to bribe people to come. But but essentially, would you? This person wants me to advertise their meetup. Would you do it? Okay. And and well, see, and, and this is, is also also with the same thought process that you know they don't have the same views of blockchain that you do. You know what I'm saying? Sometime, yes, I do know because almost <laughs> no one has the use of the blockchain that I have anyway. So I have to deal with that every moment of every day of my existence. But well, let's just the, say they have modern like views of blockchain, less classical. No, 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 no. Let's let's keep the answer. Let's, yeah. I don't want him to. Yeah, like he knows. He knows the question. Less... He knows the question. Yeah, stay okay. with the original question. All right. Okay. Gonna, yeah. Okay. So sometimes people like it when it costs money to charge an event because it kind of screens people out. It's kind of like a nightclub thing that charges the cover, even though there's nothing really in there. It's just good because it filters out a certain type of person. So some people prefer that because they're like, oh, this is a serious thing. The, The event organizers have something to lose if it sucks, which is that they won't get people to... So some people like that, and other people don't like that at all. Like if you give the pizza, it's like... Sad and de- I mean, I'm sure everyone comes and eats all the pizza. Right? Do you have pizza left over? That's the ultimate. No, nah, pizza goes pretty else. quick. Yeah, we try to. We yeah, try so to that's order, good. So that's you know. so. Yeah, I think you're doing it right. And they want. They might want a, a different thing. I mean, how much are they charging? 
because it will be like an outright fraud at some point. It's just like charging like a, you know, like you get something when you buy the consensus well, ticket I guess, for like I guess what two thousand dollars. I don't know what you get, but you get something. I guess what I'm really, I guess what I'm really wondering: should we be charging a cover for our for our meetups? If everyone else, well, is doing you know, it. maybe if you if if lots of people come and if the pizza sells out, that would indicate that you have demand. All right. Well, that was that was some random. Do people come. Do you get uh, sponsors? What do yeah. You no, we got sponsors. <laughs> Tyrion. Tyrion's one of our sponsors. We got Tyrion. We we had for a little while. Shapeshift. Did we? Still? We have some random guy. Uh, some random guy. Some yeah. Random guy. Like just... literally a random guy. Like you know, he was like a was accountant or <laughs> he was a CPA. <laughs> CPA. He's a CPA. He sponsored our meetup for like six months, because uh, he wants to meet people in blockchain. Uh, and <laughs> That's cool. and. Uh, Let's see. Uh, oh, gee, we have a barber shop. Yeah. <laughs> All right. What's enough about that? Let's talk about the topic of tonight. Why everyone listens to our oh podcast? God. The controversial stuff. We're we not, leave it for the yet. end. I feel like we've. How long has this been? It's like a two hours. Like in two and a half hours. Well, well, I mean, Paul. If we put the interesting stuff at the beginning, then people are going to take snippets and put them on Reddit, and everyone oh gets God. in trouble. So. I want to start putting okay. the the good stuff at the very end, so yeah, we're gonna hide them strategically. We'll hide them strategically, like in the middle to end portion. Yeah, well, and then you could just you can be like Mike in space. You can just put a black. Oh no, Brian Hoffman. Excuse me, Mike in space's videos are perfectly edited. Brian Hoffman occasionally just leaves the black two minutes. <laughs> at the end, leave like a black like troll. eight hours. So this entire <laughs> video is like eleven and a half hours long. So like ten. <laughs> Okay, so, so let's black. get to the rumor mill. So okay. we talked let's about UASF earlier. I think we kind of alluded to something being up course sleeve. I've heard rumors, I and I tell everyone that I can't. I often cannot hear anything they're saying. Sometimes I just have to guess based on context clues. And I heard something like I think course sleeve, and there's a conspiracy, something like that. So if I say anything to offend anyone, I just want. Blanket immunity for everything I ever said, because I don't even know what I'm talking about or what or what is even all right, going so, on. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Luckily, they are back. They were they're back to their normal terrible video quality for a while. They were oh my god, it just happened again. All the color washes out. Somehow I don't even get. It's like having a non-color television. Like I don't even. I don't even know how that. Do we, I mean, even, do we even have time I'm to go plugged into this? the Ethernet. I'm plugged into the Ethernet. All right. I, maybe maybe yeah, that helps. I, I just took us off. Now I do. Yes, I do. Yes, that does help. All right. Now <laughs> I just see a smiling photograph. All right. So maybe we should have done that a long time ago. But um, Oh, yeah. And actually, that does help with audio a lot. <laughs> I, I, just I just can't see any of your faces at all. So now I don't know any of your facial expressions. Just, but I just see imagine us just laughing no, hysterically. All right. So the, the rumor being... Um, yes. Core potentially, if they if uh, they UASF off, they're they're going to change the algorithm and use Mimblewimble. Oh yeah. Well, you know, here's the thing: is and that I I agree with the Nakamoto Institute. You guys know who those guys are, right? Yeah. No, I don't. Really? Okay. Well, there's basically some cool people who are they're kind of more my style of kind of. More like a investor, 
you know, definitely like, uh, you know, kind of like the economist style type thing. Certainly Dan Krawitz is very Austrian and, and proud of that. Um, but just basically we're kind of all inventing our new economics here because this is an uncharted territory. But they're more like the kind of invest – they represent kind of the investors, I feel, of Bitcoin. Whereas the core devs represent the, the technical, you know, the, the makers and the, the maintainers. The people who fix bugs and they do a great job and everything like that. But the Nakamoto Institute, it, there's an essay which is like it's about the money. Um, and it's not really about the tech. So I, I, my concern is that uh, anyone who feels that this is a viable strategy, that we can redo everything now that we know what to do with Mimblewimbo and we'll do it all right this time. My concern is that they won't have any respect for what that type of decision would imply, which is that the this is weird because now I can't see either of them at, at all, and I'm just staring at a blank thing, and I don't even know if anyone's... We're, we're hearing you. Line, we're hearing you. We're listening right. intently. Okay, <laughs> Okay. great. Um, so the, the point is that you have to have some respect for the fact that this was pitched as money and you can't just go around like changing it because you think you have a good reason. The it, it's, it's similar to the case where the miners go back and just start stealing from old months, old SegWit outputs where it implies that you're going to, there, there's nothing to say that you won't do this yet again. It's a violation so, of the contract right. is what you're saying. The, not the, it absolutely yeah. is. So if, Someone were to say, okay, we'll do this the right way with Mimblewimble. What's to say that, you know, seven or eight years after that, there isn't some disagreement between whatever it is, Andrew Polstra and Greg Maxwell, and then they create like Mimblewimble Squared or whatever, and they say, now we've got the opportunity to do it right. I don't think people really understand what kind of staying power the very first one has, because only one person can be first. And that makes it unique. But many people can be second, especially if they are derivatives of a first thing. So, and many people can be not first. So, yeah. Well, I mean, being first is counts a lot. So, if they did Fortune I worry Wimble, about Wimble, that. I, I'd have a hard time calling that Bitcoin. What um, would you call it, Paul? Yeah, me too. <laughs> hey, let me ask you a question, wild, Paul. Wild. Is SHA 256 necessary for Bitcoin? I think just because while the old chain lives, it will be like kind of Bitcoin kind of for, for a really long time unless something really extreme happens. And so since the old chain was started with, you know, my double shot 256 mining, I think that is what defines Bitcoin. Um, part, of what's, part of what defines Bitcoin right uh, now. Well, and, yeah, uh, I, I would say the only... You know, the only for me at least, you know, speaking for myself, the only condition that you could still have a Bitcoin if you change the mining algo is if the miners decided they wanted to up the uh, the supply curve and they wanted to issue themselves more bitcoins. Then that would justify well, to break any rule. Yeah. Well, like it's not Bitcoin. So well, hold on, Bitcoin because then then that could go to the one one megabyte rule if you define it that strictly. Then you know if they if they raise it to two megabyte, is that still Bitcoin? I mean, I would say yeah. I think I I think I am comfortable saying keeping it making the definition that strict. And what I'm just gonna say is if they if we switch from one megabyte 
Bitcoin to something else and we buy our hard fork. I think that is really is, if anything, that's Bitcoin 2.0. And you're saying that the original Bitcoin had some deficiency. All and right. we're throwing it away. But it's still Bitcoin. I mean, you know, I don't To me, it is. To me, it's well, still on. Bitcoin. Like well, versus Bimblewimble would be something else. I mean, it would. I, I think it'd be cool to oh, have. Yeah. Wait, did, you know, but, Paul, like, did you just say it's that? It's so it, alien. It's yeah. so weird. It's just. <laughs> Paul, did you just say that Bitcoin, if it goes two megabyte blocks, would be like a Bitcoin 2.0? Is that did I hear well, that right? He's saying that new chain isn't well, if, the same. If we upgrade via a hard fork, it is no longer. We've discarded Bitcoin 1.0. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't it? Oh, I'd it, agree it's, with that. It's a failure in some way. But but just, wouldn't you say really wrong that, with that? You know. But wouldn't you say that Bitcoin was already a failure or, with the some kind of you know denial of service issue where they had them put that cap on originally or what was the original purpose of the one megabyte cap because it wasn't that a hard fork when they no it was a soft fork yeah it was a soft fork no when it was added it was a soft fork there was no there's no block there's no block over a megabyte you you can always always restrict you can add a rule that restricts and that's what they did they added a rule that restricts. what what did they what why wasn't there one block over one megabyte there just wasn't anyone who spammed the the blockchain or no, you can't i mean well, there so wasn't like a miner who said oh i'm i want to mine this you're crazy, talking like, about before like yeah. before they institute the one megabyte block size mm-hmm. um it's just luck pretty much no i mean there wasn't any transactions doesn't matter then, i'm just all. saying when? <laughs> wait when did they, they they when did they put the one megabyte block like uh, 2011 when? or some shit 2000 july 2010 2010. So it was okay. like before there was July. Holy shit! So you're nothing. saying so you're saying that that's a defining characteristic of Bitcoin 1.0 is the one megabyte block. Well, yeah, block. but he's just saying 1.0. He's saying that uh, I know that I'm, doesn't uh, matter much, right? It's just that's where you draw the line. That's 1.0, and this is 2.0. Is that right? I'm saying the hard fork is where I draw the line. But you're right; it's not actually a hard fork. If you ran software that was before 2010, it would just be a nothing to you. So right, that's true. You're correctly implying that by by me endorsing this definition, I'm handcuffing myself to the railroad tracks of wherever I'm led by this soft fork parade. Every single soft fork, I have to admit, that breaking it would destroy my definition. And I'm not comfortable with that, and I don't unconditionally endorse that. So it's more co- the relationship between a soft uh, and the way I see it, the soft fork is really about what's allowed. And if the same amount of stuff is allowed, then it's soft. But uh, I wrote a blog post about this because it's so weird. What the I, there there are actually several different things at once, different dimensions. And hard fork is kind of whether or not a new network is created. But then uh, if it's not hard, it's sort of considered to be soft. Um, But then if it's soft, it can still vary on two other dimensions. One is how much stuff is allowed. And the second is, even if everything is still allowed, how much anxiety or pressure you feel to upgrade your own software and how kind of coerced you are by the... the, um, Right. Well, So my point is that adding the one megabyte... um, Limit is not really a. It is technically a soft fork, but it's really more of what I call a mean fork. It's something that dramatically constrains the user's ability to to act. And so, you know, there's nothing like. I mean, we could have a soft fork that was just a 51% attack of just permanently mining empty blocks, and that would be a soft fork that you can't include transactions. 
Right. But you understand that, of course, that would not really be a protocol upgrade. That would just be like lunacy. So the, there's a lot of But it would still be a soft fork. Yeah. If, if yes, the miners and the developers rules. both agree so, that should be right. done, it's that's it. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. If they, the rules could be tightened so much that the system just doesn't do anything anymore. Yeah. You could even, it's technically a soft fork that you just never find another block. <laughs> yeah, you, you added some weird you rule totally that they have to have that. like 400 consecutive prime well, integers, like more than whatever, and they never do, so. Well, yeah, you could hard fork the, the difficulty up to an un, unrealistic level that you could never, ever possibly meet. You know, you could right. say all zeros on the difficulty, yes. and well, there you go. That's a soft fork, you know. Right? So that's what I mean. So when I say that that it's a more nuanced question than just tightening or loosening the rules, you can even, as Peter Todd uh, is one of the many people, but lots of people discovered it independently before he published. Um, you can even do like the evil fork, where you tighten the rules to like permanently, but you add like an escape door that has totally new set of rules, and you've basically added rules. Well, that's kind of what Segwit does. That. I mean, I mean, it's like extension blocks in general. No, I mean, it's it's not evil, you, but because you can still transact the old way, whereas in the evil fork you can't. Do oh, I got you. you because you've you've locked out the old way because you've restricted it so much you can't possibly. Okay, that's, now I get it. That's yeah, that's why it's one hundred percent mean. Just like the fifty-one percent denial of service empty blocks, <clears throat> those would be one hundred percent mean. Right, right. Those are those are one hundred percent mean. Very mean. It's at least 31, 30 seconds mean because... Well, in that case, I would qualify SegWit as at least partially mean because what it does is it offers a discount to SegWit transaction, which makes them yeah, take up more exactly of block size. So the other dimension I had was loudness, and I say SegWit is it's not very mean. It's not all, very but mean. It's but a little it's, mean, but it's mostly loud because yeah. it, it in, introduces this anxiety that you should upgrade, even though you're allowed to transact the old way. You're not, you know, you're allowed, but you... You feel bad about you know you might need to. You're anxious. Not transact. Yeah. You might be. You may be. Eventually, your counterparties might tell you, and they might say, "I only want to be paid from through the Lightning Network or through Segwit," and then you basically have to upgrade. Right. So then, that, that is the loudness. Coercion is a funny was passive, thing, but it's yelling at you this whole time. Coercion is a funny thing, you know, because it's not a 100. percent You have to do that. You have a gun to your head. But, you know, it's it's prodding along a little bit at a time, you know. It's these ecological effects. Exactly. The it's, the, it's the environment. So it's the environment. In, in a soft fork like SegWit, um, it, it, it doesn't change. Yeah, you can totally run your own software on your node and it totally executes the same rules. But the network that you connect to has fundamentally changed in a very large way. So, you know, it's the not the is, same Bitcoin you were running before because the rest of the nodes don't act exactly. in the same manner. So the meanness slowly deletes the definition. So yeah. if you you could do a, a mean fork of Bitcoin that has no messages, so like the fifty one percent attack, the mean fork that just tightens everything to zero, and you could do the exact same fork to Ethereum, and at that point, they the two would basically be the same. They have different, you know, mining uh, systems, a different like uh, timing, interblock time, or something. But they functionally they'd be the same to the user. And this goes to your question about like how do you define Bitcoin? The what the there's this uh, what the what the mean fork does is just kind of dim the lights and just eventually you get to a totally dark room um, where there is no definition of anything because all the stuff has just been cut out. 
So from um, so that's kind of a weird thing. But yeah, I'm not happy about the fact that I would be. But I would. The soft fork you can't prevent. As far as you know, the miners have been doing it since the dawn of time. You just don't really know. Um, they just have a really complicated. Well, that's true. If 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 a fifty, you know, like, oh, sometimes we miners. do it on, but not on this fourth Tuesday of every week and whatever. Miners could so be running any rules. If if miners were colluding, they could run any arbitrary rules via soft fork as long as it's a tightening, right? And you wouldn't even know that those rules are in place because you're not running the software, right? Yes. But your original question was how do I define do I is double shot two fifty six a part of Bitcoin? My my original I'm question. Yeah. Yes. So so I'll so I'll take that Wait, so I'll take that. Wait, that was your original question. Maybe. I don't because because no. I'm pretty sure I. I well, I guess <laughs> what, what I'm really curious Tim? about I'm really curious about now is uh, ever ever hard fork because I know you're you're kind of painting a picture where you're pro soft fork. Like, yes, you, I'm you against sound the like, hard fork, uh, but if we need a hard fork, we we need one. But I, I don't think we need. But one, what I, situation? I kind of like I, I kind of like the precedence of the hard fork sets that we can hard fork. Because otherwise, you know, if we get into a situation, if we've never hard forked since Bitcoin's, well, you know, been basically a thing, then, you know, it, it's just going to be much, much worse when we do have to do it. Um, the stakes will just get higher and higher and higher as time goes by. That's what concerns me, is if we refuse to ever well, hard fork. Well, some people want that. I think that's Peter Todd's, like, secret plan. It's just we'll make we'll delay the hard fork forever, and then we'll just never be able to do it. And then we'll – I think we want – I think sidechains can be a part of this. We want to have part of the protocol that is sort of guaranteed. We say, look, no matter what happens, you'll be able to rely on this thing to be digital gold, and it will have these properties that don't change. And then well, the sidechains can be like free, totally free experimentate, do whatever you want, like really weird stuff on there. And you can hard fork or soft fork those to your heart's content. So my position, so I think that that's something that we want. My position has always been, you know, ever since the advent of, of, you know, segregated witness and lightning network and, you know, that, that whole plan, I've always been in favor of that in general terms. Um, but I, I, I think that the on-chain network has to scale along with it in order to make it viable. You can't just uh, leave a static uh, block size amount because uh, it, it, it wreaks havoc on the incentives. I know, I agree. Two. But my point is you can do it with sidechains. Right. No, so no, no. So that's what I was getting to uh, is, is I like the sidechains aspect because I consider that to be on-chain scaling. You know, it, it's, right, it is on. It's yeah. a layer two of... Bitcoin Core, the main chain, but it's a layer one of itself. And well, it's, it's I don't, I don't consider from- tier two itself, Lightning Network tier two, to be bit Bitcoin proper. It, it it exists above it. You know, it's it's a bolt on layer. I, and I understand it's proofs. Yeah. It's all theoretical transactions, but it's still not. No, there's a lot of equi- no, I agree with you. There's a lot of weird equivocation going on where people say like it is. A Bitcoin transaction. I actually had that argument with it, Greg it Maxwell two literally years ago. Are I was like, no, it's not. But they are not. <laughs> I know, but they're not. You're right. The process of a Bitcoin transaction is what they are. Speaking of the, Greg Maxwell. Bite for bite they are. No, I agree with you that it's a false equivalence. They say that it's um, Versus sidechains. You know, it structurally a, is a Bitcoin transaction. If it's but a it's true two-way peg sidechain, I consider that on-chain. I think 
frankly, I think I think the Lightning Network is better than regular Bitcoin transactions. In a lot of ways, but, it is, yeah. especially for microtransactions. Yeah. I mean, my God, and they're more <laughs> they're instant and they're more private. Yeah. So I think the privacy is one. Tumblebit will be basically free. Rolling over the channel when that is plugged into Schnorr, mm-hmm. that will be like way better. Everything will be, everything about the Lightning Network well, will be better. And then then we get the other crowd so, that I is totally anti be, anything off chain. Yeah. Well, you know, there's there's the other crowd who is like the the RBTC hardcores who are totally anti anything off chain. You know what I mean? Everything 100 percent has to be on the main chain, and I'm like, that's silly yeah. too. I mean, it's I like- think they're I think they're just there's a lot of anxiety and they are worried. I'm not going to speak for them because I don't you know. Yeah, well, I don't really know what's up over there. It's but funny I think with the extremes. You know? Um, I think there's just some anxiety over like, will anyone take care of our needs for greater block space and for a while the answer was just no like yeah. they were getting kind of um you know like delayed and delayed and it was kind of looking like the limit would never be raised and i still think it really i mean segwit will maybe raise it to this you know 2.24 ish that's thing. nothing and um for those of you who don't know it's, it theoretically goes up to four but in practice would probably be like 2.2 yeah um and, but I think, like, I think we just shouldn't, uh, I mean, I just, it's easier to have one that specializes in being small and one that specializes in being large than it is to have a compromise or even to have two that are medium. Having two that are medium is, is much inferior to having one that just specializes in being small and can do lots of special small things like run over tour and like the Luke Jr., I, we can take the thing way down to like half a megabyte. That, I don't think that's really a big problem. If you have this other one, you have this other yeah, if you option. you have an overflow option. One. Yeah, and, and it's on-chain. That's big. That's they the big thing. 40 megabytes or something. It could be huge. Yeah. It doesn't matter because everyone's using SPV and only a couple people run nodes and it doesn't matter. And if people are really worried, they transact on the big one, they transact on Lightning, and they settle it into the small one. Yeah. And then they pay. They have to pay a $5 transaction fee. It doesn't matter because it's their life savings or something. Yeah. So, I mean, what does it cost to make on TD Ameritrade or something to make like, I mean, it's like, I think it's very, that setup is smarter. That's a smarter setup, specialized teamwork, synergy, whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I agree with you completely as long as you have side chains for overflow for on-chain scaling. As long as you have that, then there's, there's no it's issue. It's nice to have both. Yeah. I completely agree yeah. with you. I mean, like all the scalability stuff is about like multiplying, getting more bang for your buck. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, see, no and for me, wanted more buck, right? and, and for more me, buck also. if you no use a tier two buck. strictly exclusively, you use a tier two and that's supposed to be your scaling is just on a lightning network. Um, well, then it, it your only competition ever is to you do a regular uh, transaction back on the Bitcoin network. So the you know maximum fee that you can theoretically have on the lightning network is as much as a Bitcoin transaction. Well, as those you know, go exponentially up with the static block size, you, you know, that's what your cap's going to be on the Lightning Network because that's what it takes to close a channel or, or open a channel. So so fees on Lightning Network as is, as long as there's some reserve block space, they're going to be really, really cheap. But if there is literally no ability to make a main chain transaction, then they could be very, very expensive. And I don't know. That's, that's my take on it. Hey, uh, Uh, Actually, it's funny. The Lightning Network works better on a larger block size. So it's even better, better. 
uh, it's like yeah. a very, very strong interaction. It's very interesting in that way. So the Lightning Network is, is even way safer and faster and cheaper on the large block. It's very kind of bizarre that way. Yeah, it is. So maybe most it's people funny. use Lightning on the large one, and then they'll Lightning back over into the small one, maybe, it, and then it's funny because if you have the then. block space on the chain on main chain, you don't need it. It's it's like this one. You know, it's like a quantum thing. If you have if, if the space exists, then you don't need to use it because <laughs> you can just do everything on the Lightning network, and it's fine. Yeah, but every, a lot of things in game theory are like that. Yeah, like if we just took all the guards off of the front wall. Because they ne- the enemy never attacks us. On the right. Front. Yeah. Their it's it's there. Yeah. It's exactly. Like we just take them off. You know, why do we even need the front wall? They never attack. It's like the first the way. first house that takes off its uh its uh uh you know uh iron iron bars on the window. Yeah. You don't want to be the first house. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Nobody I mean, gets robbed. Well, you don't want to be the first house. We put those iron bars up. No one has been bothering us. Yeah. You know, we don't need them anymore. Yep. Ever since we hired the security guard, we don't. Have any problems? So let's get like rid of that. it. <laughs> so that's that's called off-path reasoning. It's very important. Cool. It's like, oh, if we got rid of the security guard, something different might happen. <laughs> right. So, uh, were you trying to get to something else, or? Uh, question. Uh, you you brought up you brought up some uh, interesting talks uh, points about you you both Paul and Mike. You're talking about uh, overflow into a side chain or whatever a little bit confused um were were you saying that this is superior to lightning network because with lightning network you have issues you know going back and forth uh to the to the actual chain no, and, no, you no. Know, what transaction i was trying fees. to say is that it's better to use the lightning network is of a lower network so you'd have your own lightning network on the small main chain and then you'd have a you'd copy it it would be the same but you have a different network lightning network on the side chain and the cool thing is, of course, as I mentioned before, is that you can they're interoperable, so you can easily send money. If you have an account on, you know, it's like I don't want to go into the details, but if you have an account on the main chain and the side chain, and I have an account on the side chain and the main chain, I can pay four side chain Bitcoin to your side chain, and you can pay four main chain Bitcoin from your main chain Lightning to my main chain Lightning. So, so we can, there's no. We can make both of those dependent on the same exact same. Uh, you know, like all random value R. So we just say if someone announces R, all Hold these transactions quick. go through. You're going, you're getting, you're getting too far. Um, Pro, uh, pretty much what I'm asking is, with uh, pretty much you're not going to have to uh, clear back to the main chain to make payments. You're, you're saying you can just pay straight from the side chain, and there's no need to have like on ramps or off ramps or whatever. Like there's no need to like clog up the the blocks or whatever, moving coins from the side chain to back to the main chain or something. You that is one thing that I was saying, but what I was trying to say is that the Lightning Network, to Michael B. Casey's point, is better if you can close it immediately. If if there is the next thousand blocks, cheap block space that you can execute a Bitcoin transaction and instantly collapse a Lightning channel. If that's always an option, Lightning is far more effective than if not. That's what we're saying. So well, yeah, I, I, I'm not disagreeing with... It's the Lightning network on the large chain that is probably the best thing of, uh, of everything. Yeah, I agree. Because it's, it's, so it's the most... Like, when, you, when you say, it, it when you say the large chain, are you talking about bigger large block side chain? chain? The large side chain. Yeah. Okay. All right. yes. Large block side chain. That's what he's talking about. 
Because they each have their own lightning network. Go ahead. Okay, but this is like, so I guess the part I really didn't grasp was the fact that you wouldn't have to move coins from a side chain to back to the main chain or whatever. You could, it would, it would still be you Bitcoin. It would still be and you Bitcoin. Can do it and you through could, the lightning network if you also want to do that. Yeah, but it's so much better to do it through the lightning network because like, otherwise it I, takes like a yes. long time. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The lightning network is instant. Yeah. It's wonderful. You so, brought up, yeah, yeah. It's, I would imagine you would, and in fact, I would imagine that there would be tiny little fees almost, yeah, because there would be these people who say, "Okay, we will walk the coins back from the side chain to the main chain." Yeah, for a fee. Sure. But if you want to take the fast lane, we'll let you do it for like you know a fee of, you know, like whatever, half a percent or something. You 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 brought up another cool thing coming down the pipeline or whatever. You're like, oh, if only we had this, 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 and you brought up a schnorr. Snore signatures, or oh, I don't yes. know what you're talking yes. about. Can you can you talk about that for a sec, or maybe both y'all know? The cool thing about snore is very cool for a lot of reasons. I know nothing. Like I, I've better. heard of it, but I've completely forgotten. Paul what, can say what it, it better. Is. Yeah, but say, the big start the from big the bottom thing on that. about it is well, it's, uh, so I, I don't know how much uh, it would be confusing. The, the the cool thing is signature aggregation, though. So yeah. what snore lets people do is uh, if you it's. So I don't, yeah, because I don't want to like make. I don't want to. First of all, I don't make any want to make any mistakes, and I don't want to like make it too weird. But the hit it at the a cool high level. Is, then what you can do is, uh, the, the, you can make these transactions smaller by aggregating. So you you have to the transactions are just all the data and then the signatures, and it turns out the signatures are a pretty significant percentage of that uh, data, and that's why the segregated witness moves a lot of data out and that's why we can get this thing up from one megabyte theoretically up to four megabytes or 2.2 because the signatures which is the witness data those are the same thing um that is a big chunk of the data and what schnorr allows you to do is without any um in, in in many cases, it allows you to just kind of smush a bunch of these things together and so you can sign on behalf of lots of different people and you can have or the one signature be good for all of them. Or different outputs. So so say you have unspent transaction outputs and somebody sent you like, you know, 50 different transactions. Like right now, you're trying to do one, you know, somebody sent you 50 cent transactions, like, you know, tons of them, right? Right now, if you wanted to send that to another, you know, address with one transaction, that's going to cost you a crap ton in fees, right? But with Schnorr, since all of those input signatures are aggregable, you end up with one single signature, and it's the same size as a well, a little bit bigger, but it's the same size as uh, a one single signature for all of the input. How does out, how does this fit, how does this fit in with SegWit? It doesn't. It's a different feature set. Uh, so in other okay. words, these <laughs> different. So SegWit happens to be a weird thing. So SegWit enables script versioning, which enables. Schnorr. So, oh, okay. But yeah. Segwit does, as I explained before, so Segwit moves the signature away, far away, and it makes the, to old nodes, it just looks like these are what they, the infamously labeled anyone can spend transactions. So you have all the transaction data that says like pay from, you know, these outputs or something like pay from, basically pay from Michael Tidwell to Paul Stortz, you know, 17.8 or something on this date. So that's all the stuff that's there, but then at the bottom is your signature. Okay. Well, so, so in other words, like a little, so in other like words, a if we're gonna do, 
if we're going to do like on-chain uh, transactions, or I'm sorry, a non-segwit transaction want, would all, could possibly use Schnorr signatures? No, that a hard right fork. now. No, no, I'm you, talking about with segwit. It, no, if you don't have segwit, then the Bitcoin is expecting the signature to look a certain way. But if you do have segwit, then uh, you've you've kind of almost done a, kind of an evil fork type thing where you you move the signature away and now the door is open to any other weird stuff. Yeah, because it looks like anyone can spend to the old nodes. So the old so now nodes the door's don't open to really anymore. weird stuff. And one of those things is you just change the little version on the transaction some other new version and now you say it's totally new rules it's anyone can spend to the old to the intermediate nodes so you have three phases pre-segwit those people think everything's anyone can spend they don't know what's going on second phase everyone is expecting it to be you know a normal elliptical curve cdsa um transactions but they think the witness will be somewhere else and then they think if there's a version flag that's more than one or whatever it is. I don't know the details, but whatever it is, they say that that's anyone can spend. And then there's in the third phase, if it's set to some specific thing like two, they say, check all the rules for Schnorr. Don't check the CDSA. ECDSA, yes, I said it right. Yeah, um, I screwed up. Try saying that three times fast. And then there's one that's really hard. Oh my God, lib. Very funny. <laughs> yeah. kind of tongue, tongue tie, uh, things. I don't even but, try. But the point is, um, um, you, uh, you have this way of making weirder transactions possible and snore is great because of the signature aggregation thing. So that's smaller and it increases, um, anonymity great privacy greatly because you don't need to interact with these people it just smushes them together and so it makes uh, actually i think oh i can't remember i don't want to make a mistake and say that the interactors there's, there's different types of signature aggregation no one no one's going to make it this far in the podcast uh, you're fine inter- this is interactive the and part. non-interactive yeah you're probably right so but the cool thing is is what the signature aggregation does do is give a very strong incentive for people to use coin join type stuff so we can do coin join now, but there's no reason to, which is kind of a headache. And it makes you look kind of suspicious because who would be doing such a thing? But what Schnorr does is gives you a great – it gives you the, the holiest of the holy uh, in – certainly in the field of applied game theory, which is the pretext, which is the fake reason. So it's the ultimate weapon. It lets people say that they're doing this just to save money, but what they're actually doing is making super, super anonymity for yeah. everyone. So they, they all coin join together. That makes their transactions cheaper because they take up less space. Um, the, what you do, what you have there is a situation where people would roll over these different lightning channels as coin joins, and they would then be cheaper to use and they would also be like super super private so that's to me really there's there's a lot of philosophical to. overlap between schnorr and like uh mimblewimble because i mean even though mimblewimble yes, takes it a step further but is yeah super <laughs> aggregation yeah mimblewimble is very 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 no very non-interactive mm-hmm. aggregation so that may have been where i got confused mimblewimble you can just aggregate Almost just about everything. The and entire you just block is basically an aggregate, and, right? Uh, it's very, very. Dude. Andrew Pulser's presentation has a wonderful image where he cuts out these um, these redundant 
transactions, and you can just keep doing that all day long so that you have something that you can show as a history. The blo- Basically, the blockchain can shrink under many cases. Yeah. Because I could just start cutting out redundant stuff and says, I paid 10 to you, you paid 10 to someone else. It just cuts out the middle part. just says, I lost 10, this other guy ended up with 10. And it just just starts just Paul. aggressively just chopping everything off. It's really wonderful. Paul, if if uh, if they do fork and you know they ha- they end up using UASF because they don't want their chain to be completely destroyed by like a big mining pool like Bitmain or something, would you use that Bitcoin? Is that is that even if it's called like Wimblecoin, is that going to be like the new de facto like coin? Or are but you going to be excited about that? Sure that you own. Everyone owned. I would, I yeah, assume, they're use the same yeah, UTXO sure set, right? Yes, I would assume that they would do that. So, would you be uh, excited and, about uh, that? You know, I would, I would say like it. not a, not a, not for a while. I really wouldn't. I would just. Uh, what would you What would you want more? A Segwit two X with two see, megabyte blocks with no drive chains, or this Mimblewimble coin potentially? I really, th- honestly, the, to be totally honest with you, I'm talking about my own book here, but I really think whoever gets side chains first can could seriously win. So I really think that could you it do always like comes back to side so, chains. So so though, Paul, could you do side chains on Mimblewimble? I know they have, you know, because of the aggregation, it's very, you know, I don't know if they can script on it. I mean, could you yes, even what the thing is it's very, very, very specialized, but Andrew Polster presented at Stanford. Oh, so he figured out how to do the it. Scriptless yeah, his thing is really weird, and what it basically does – oh, wow, this is really hard to explain, and I don't want to explain it wrong, but it's something like he does things that have nothing to do with encryption, but such that they would add up to something that is also a encryption key. Yeah, sure I will have to look up right. that. Probably, I will have know, to look up that probably talk. Probably only he really understands this. Is it, is it posted online? He figured out some clever way of it's kind of like we'll, we'll put in the show notes if there's a video. But he figured out like some way of doing some scripting in Mimblewimble. And but the weird thing is sidechains none of that stuff is actually scripting really. It is just checking new rules. It's like all like very custom. It's very very custom. So it's not like a new opcode even though it is kind of, but it's you have to track all these other different things. And you could, oh, excuse me, you could, um, I don't know, it would be a lot of work. Especially that thing's like written in Rust and it's like a totally different. Yeah, they, I, you know, it's probably realistic to say, yeah, it's it's feasible, it's possible, but implementation's going to take a while. <laughs> yeah. So, so Paul. I don't know. I mean, it's just so new. I, I would not want to use it because it's new. I don't like things that are new. The soft fork is wonderful because... <laughs> It's like evolution; it accumulates um, experience. It's like you know, it's like Nassim Taleb's Lindy effect. So you don't think it ever? You don't think it ever accumulates here. like how we were talking about earlier? Like accumulates like like tanglement and and crud and stuff. Or I mean, no, I know I I, don't, I, don't, I completely disagree. <laughs> I know a lot of people have that view, the technical debt view. I don't. I think it's different with the protocol. It's like English. It's like English accumulates these oddities but uh english has also infected the entire world and now people have to learn to speak it in india and in germany and everywhere and it's just like what's your view i don't on, think um so, so would you I think say it's better i mean we have these things in our in our body 
we have like in our the human cell has like the code to build like the dog's nose, but it's been like commented out. There's yeah. these things that comment out code. <laughs> and you could say like that's inelegant. Or you could say I mean if you think it's all inelegant, like go in and edit your own DNA and then good luck surviving because you have a zero you have a one hundred percent chance of getting cancer and dying immediately because it's too complicated. So when the complexity is the thing and this huge amounts of risk, I, don't I prefer know, man. CRISPR's a thing. to accumulate this because my option is just to not upgrade and wait and see if anything bad happens with the new code. But it, it does create this annoying thing. It's not centralization, but it is kind of a, a concentration of expertise, which is what we have now. And that is unfortunate. That's an interesting Because it creates point. barriers to entry. It's barriers to entry that other people can't work on the code. Yeah. There's no possible way you could catch up if you just started now. That's that's It would already be point. so different by the time you caught up and there would take forever and it would not be worth it. So we have a concentration of technical power, which is inconvenient. It's incumbency is, in know, that manner, yeah. What, so what but, do you think about Monero hard forking every six months and how they're just, that's what they've chosen? Is that just because, oh, well, that's Monero, don't worry about them? Or do you think that's a viable model? Or no, that is that is evidence that um, that they uh, that it, it is not as bad as I say, and that it's not really as complicated as you know the DNA of a, you know, a <laughs> mammal or something. But um, which is fine. But you know, in, or it may be evidence of their um, you know in inability their, their to fluffiness. Do uh, I don't know. They. It's well. It's weird, actually. It's funny you bring that up. Side chains can kind of do this discarding every you know six to twelve months because of what I mentioned earlier about the accounting. So you can do a much better kind of pruning. Um, I think that's kind of a, a facet of it. But yeah, in general, I don't like. I mean, you say you do a hard fork every six months. How long can that last if you really want your thing to be the like the the cryptocurrency of the internet? Um, you then you you will only be a matter of time before people start knocking on your door, you yeah. know. What and again, it's whatever flavor of violence you prefer. It's either the mafia or the government or whatever it is. People will show up and they'll be like, "You're hard forking in six months. Can you do this weird thing for that's, me?" We'll see. Or yeah. maybe they'll just be buying you dinner or whatever, and they'll be getting to know your kids. That's and all kinds that's of what I think is going to end up happening with those. If we do have scheduled hard forks, I think they'll become like must pass omnibus bills that things are going to make their way into because we have to do it now, and it just it's there, and it's either we'll take it or leave yeah, it. We already have the, we already have the segment two X. It's kind of like yeah. vaguely by committee, kind of like whatever compromise thing, like so. That governance be, is complicated. So if you want that, then that has pros and cons. But I just think, I think it's, I think the base layer, in particular, should be stable. They should emphasize stability. The thing I like about you, Paul, is you might be one of the only people that are like, yeah, let's stay small blocks. But here's my solution, which yeah. I like. I like that a lot about you. So, I really uh, don't understand why more people don't try to help make drive chain happen like as soon as we're possible. trying. That's I really why feel like it's just this one thing. Block time is pro drive chain. Yeah, totally. Block time is pro Everyone drive chain. 
everyone will stop being mean to each other and they'll all be happy. And then even it's super anti-competitive, like it in a so, good way. Like so you it, think literally really like where Bitcoin is going to be all kumbaya? Threatens all these other things, right? <laughs> does it not? I mean, how does it not like just pull a gun we'll right into your hands? That'll be awesome. We'll all hold hands, uh, we'll, hands through the drive chains. Through the drive chains. Yeah. We'll hold hands. I mean, that's yeah. kind of how they work. They work kind of like uh, on... And, you know, what I, what I also don't understand about it is that I have, you know, I have support from lots of people that maybe I should try to, you know, I don't know how much, like, they would like it publicized. But I have contacted, like, I have obviously supported by, directly by Jeff Garzik, and I have support from... Um, I have support from Roger Veer and Jihan Wu and Adam Back and Luke Jr. So I just I don't understand like what you need what's a in you this need a Paul sport. Sports agreement. Yeah, a yeah, Paul Sports agreement. So. You need everyone to sign a Paul in. Paul Sports agreement. A Paul Sports ICO. So, so, so I should make the can I make the I make the New Haven, Connecticut agreement. It's at the NH <laughs> New Haven, Connecticut that. agreement and a drive chain ICO. That's what you <laughs> I mean. I need the ICO. I know that was my mistake. Yeah, didn't, you didn't do an I didn't ICO. Do the ICO. Yeah. Hey Paul, we're gonna wrap this I up in a I, little bit, yeah, but uh, but but yeah, real quick, longest episode ever. Yeah, is Greg Maxwell Ignatius Pervella or whatever? How do you say his name? Uh, Ignatius. Ignatius. Oh my God! I was Pervarella. Pervarella or something. Pervarella. Yeah. Is is that Greg Maxwell? We owe it to the guy to look up how his name is pronounced. Is he one of the three yeah, brothers? I think so. Hmm. Ignatius Paraville, I think. Uh, huh, you know, that would be an interesting question. It depends. I would really like to check like his, you know, productivity on various things at various times. You can you can check his git commits on. Uh, you can check his commits on different projects. And- I know. That's what I'd like to do before I answer the question, but let's just see off the top of my head. I'm going to say, per the base rate fallacy, I'm going to say that probably no, because there's so many people that could be, could be anthropologists. <laughs> I like how you reasoned that uh, live, so I uh, appreciate that. Paul, we'll, uh, now that you're in Atlanta, I guess we'll be seeing you next week, uh, same chair over here next to us. So uh, Definitely. Paul, so, thanks so much for coming. Yeah, so Mike, I think the nonce has been found. Yeah, and our blocks have drive chains now, so they're awesome. Paul, you want to finish this up? What a show. What a show this is. (laughs) Thanks for propagating, everybody. Have a good one. Oh, my God.